By the time you hear this podcast, you'll do everything for Lil Saint. Yo, we were surprised to hear from you, Elgin. Why? We didn't think you were up for a beat. We don't get beat. Okay. This should be fun. <laughs> Next Saturday night, warehouse 11. <laughs> What's so funny? Your crew, man. What y'all need a week for? These kids need a whole week. To what? Practice? See, my crew, we don't practice. We just do it. So do we. So do it. Or we'll do it. Tonight, then? Baby boy? Tonight it's on, and I ain't your baby boy. Mr. Raz Warehouse. Y'all suckers just make sure y'all there by Sunday. Yeah, just bring the 5Gs, all right, man? That's right. We'll see who the sucker is. Welcome to By the Time You Hear This Podcast. I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And thank you very much for everyone who's listened and downloaded so far. We're back with another episode. This is episode 111. Oh, yeah. One away from 112. (laughs) We're not talking about 112 on episode 112. Just want to, spoiler alert. Oh, boo. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I've heard a lot of people talking about um, singing Peaches and Cream as a child was so inappropriate. Yeah, very. I don't know if they even know what it meant. <laughs> no. Say, oh, those lifesavers? No, Billy. No, they're not just lifesavers. Um, but yeah, everything everyone just listened downloaded so far. Um, if you want to tell people about our podcast, uh, well, one, we, we do appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to know what to tell them, uh, you can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. We're not on live tonight. Um because we're, I'm missing a piece of equipment, I'll probably have to, I'll probably just get another one. Uh, it's just an instrument cable. <laughs> so I didn't with, put on my face either, so you know. <laughs> well, yeah, and Ben's been experimenting with the uh, Fenty line of makeup lately. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can go to Facebook.com/slash by the time you hear this, or our website, which will be updated eventually. Uh, by the time you hear this. Dot com. I keep forgetting <laughs> the Ooh. URL and the uh, <laughs> Facebook URL. Uh, by the time you hear this, spell with the word U Y O U. And if you want to get with us on Instagram, um, we are there at by the time you hear this, spelled with the letter U because we're urban. Yes, 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 we are. And that is the same spelling for our email address. By the time you hear this at gmail.com. Send us your comments, questions, concerns, show ideas, and if you're an independent artist, we'll play your music for absolutely free. Also. Uh, if you want to avoid that annoying coworker uh, who just keeps talking about football, like the NFL preseason, and so excited about that. When does that even start? Come on, people. <laughs> well, they started training camp today because so many people were posting about it. Um, but if you want to avoid that and listen to a podcast about music um, and music topics, uh, you can listen to us on, uh, if you have an iPhone, the Apple Podcast app. If you have an Android, you can go to the Google Music app. We're also on TuneIn, uh, Auto Radio, Overcast, CastBox, Satchel Podcast Player, Play.fm, other podcast aggregate apps. And, of course, we're on Spotify. Um, So you can go and listen on any of those platforms to keep up with us. And uh, if you want to find our podcast by subject matter, or look for other podcasts by subject matter, you can go to listennotes.com. It's a search engine for podcasts. 
So in our last episode, we talked about um, the day the music the died. day the music died. So if you search Buddy Holly, Big Bopper, Richie Valens, uh, you can find the podcast um, episode on that website, listennotes.com, and other other podcast topics, of course. Um, so we have a guest, and he's been on here several times. I don't know how many times. Friend but, of the show. Well, he's our podcast, podcast cousin. cousin. Duh, Ben. Yes. <laughs> he's our podcast cousin. And, uh, of course, we're talking about Brandon. Brandon, what's going on, man? What's happening? Let's, let's uh, Jumping back a little bit, yeah. I, I remember being such a naive teenage child where I thought peaches and cream was actually about dessert. <laughs> <laughs> they just, it is not... It's not about dessert. No, it's <laughs> it is not. It is not. That was it like was the not. freaky era of 112, man. They had like that and We Can Do It Anywhere. Like they yeah. were. Whoa. Yeah, they were just, they were just, no was on their mind. That was <laughs> wild. And also, 100, 111 episodes, that is a feat. I want to give you guys a little a little pat on the back. You, know? oh, thank you. you guys oh, thank are awesome you. here. A lot of people don't make it past three episodes. That is true. No. Unfortunately. I know I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so we have we have two years worth of material, even though it's taken us three years to get there. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. Still, you got it. Hey, it's about quality, not quantity. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, well, let's get into the music news here. So, uh, one thing that we. Uh, I, I just forgot. I had it in my notes to talk about it on the last episode, but we didn't get to it. But since we have our podcast cousin, we have another person to um, bounce this story off of. So um, uh, this was a story from – this was actually back on, on June 30th. But in a Tumblr post – I didn't know people still use Tumblr um, – <laughs> The artist we call the fake news of pop music uh, put out a post uh, calling out um, a powerful music manager for his purchase of her back catalog. So um, uh, Taylor Swift's label, which was the Big Machine, yeah, right? The Big Machine was uh, purchased by Scooter Braun, who is of course the manager for Justin Bieber. And Ariana Grande, and he previously represented Kanye West, and so he bought her. He bought her label, so he owns the catalog, everything associated with it. And Swift, on her in her note on Tumblr, uh, accused Braun of accusing him of years of incessant manipulative bullying related to her tiffs with Kanye West and the Big Machine founder Scott Borchetta who she said refused to sell her control of her masters. So uh, Scooter Braun owns the masters. Yeah, that's a big deal. Um, even as powerful as an artist like uh, Taylor Swift is, um, if you don't own your masters, then you don't, really, you don't really have the control of your career that you would like to think that you have. Um, Big Machine Records was n really nothing before Taylor Swift. Um, she kind of put them on the map, and uh, so I, I imagine she would, you know, she's probably going to feel that way. <laughs> she's going to feel some type of way about that. So 
I can see why she, you know, beyond just the master's part of it, she's going to feel a little upset. I'm trying to find um, some sort of uh, documentation about this, but I had heard and, you know, just reading about her career and progression and everything that her father actually heavily invested in Big Machine. And that was one of the things that people thought put a kind of a taint on her career a little bit Mm. that, you know, she wasn't good enough to make it on her own. Her father, who, you know, was of, you know, good means at the time, invested in her record company and that's how she got famous um but i can't i cannot corroborate that so i'm not going to just you know go around spouting rumors well another thing with the label uh and her and what she wrote she said for years i asked pleaded for a chance to own my work instead i was given an opportunity to sign back up to big machine records and earn one album back at a time one for every new one i turned in i walked away because i knew once i signed that contract Scott Borchetta would sell the label, thereby selling me and my future. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is she has signed with a multi-album, multi-year deal with Universal Music Group and uh, Republic Records. Uh, so I'm sure she has the opportunity to own that music that she makes from there. But the older catalog, so we're talking about uh, Fearless, Fearless, yeah. Speak nice. Now, Red, nice. yeah. I'm trying to think about the list before Fearless. Say 1989. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like, like I said, she put them on the map. They were, they were an independent label, and I, I did corroborate it here. He, her father, Scott Swift, owns 3% of Big Machine. So while not a huge percent, you know, he did invest some money in there. So it's almost kind of like, you know, Lori Laughlin getting her kids into school. <laughs> you know, um, the, the, the wealthy will do what they can to, to get their um, offspring ahead. Um. And honestly, and and I don't I don't purport to be a, an expert on the music industry, but I do think a lot of people don't own their masters. So I don't know why she would think that she can just kind of come in and demand that she owns her masters. I, and I mean, like I know because I remember it being a huge deal that someone like Soldier Boy owned his masters. Like that was a very big deal. So I, I, I stands the reason I don't think a lot of artists own their masters. So I don't think why she thinks that she would just be a special case. Uh, Brandon, what what do you think of what what's transpired so far? As far as um, uh, I I, her I think her music? I think every artist, especially if they're like a singer songwriter type of artist, they should be able to at least have the chance to own their own masters, at least even a piece of it. But I will say it was it was interesting seeing the reaction to that because of course everyone is like oh. Like that's messed up. Scooter Braun is a he's a scumbag. Blah blah blah. When the same people were patting Michael Jackson on the back, <laughs> for scooping up that Beatles catalog. Well, he made yeah. So I mean, you could, you could look at that as a a crude business move by Michael Jackson, but I think he only did it because Paul McCartney mentioned it. He's like, yeah, well, I'm trying to trying to get our music back. Oh, you're trying to get your music back. Hmm. hmm. Why do you want your music back? <laughs> Could it make me a lot of money? Well, I, I, I suppose so. Oh, then I'm going to buy it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's just like, well, how 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 much is it that to, to buy it? I think I have that much saved up. <laughs> I, I, I got that on my couch cushions. <laughs> Thirty-eight cents. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, yeah. I feel like I feel like especially like the singer songwriter producer type of artist should at least have a piece 
of their masters. Because like now, like like uh, Ben was saying, like you're hard pressed to find an artist who owns their own masters. Okay, see, I thought I, I was hoping I wasn't wrong on that because I was thinking like it's a pretty big deal to own your master recordings. Yeah, yeah, that which is why which is why going independent is such a big thing that's pushed nowadays. Yeah, because you own it, you're, you and the record company can't, you know. Yeah. Well, that was the thing exactly. with um, with uh, like when Dr. Dre left Death Row, mm-hmm. he yeah. he didn't want to buy out. He didn't wasn't asking for any money or anything. He just wanted the masters, and he's able to use that music however he wants. And Death Row kind of pretty much collapsed after that, exactly. uh, <laughs> because. The music they were putting out, Trey wasn't producing it, or anybody who was working with him, so it really wasn't that good. And then they, the only thing they, I think they could release like anything that was released previously. Maybe they could do compilations or something, but Trey would still make money off of that yeah. in some way. So, yeah, it is a big deal to own your masters. Um, uh, there was also that scene in Ray where Ray Charles wanted to. Um, he was going to sign the new record deal with the bigger company and he wanted owning his masters to be part of the deal, Yeah, which they didn't do at all <laughs> for anybody. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, especially anybody black. Yeah. It's so, almost like a sure. athlete owning a part of a team. Like you're getting, you know, a part yeah. of the, it's, it's just a big, what was that uh, football player that, Red Grange, like they mm. gave him part of the um the door to the stadium or whatever. Yeah, that was a big deal. Like that's what I see this as, and I I mean like only after I would say, after Fearless breaks and you're huge, then maybe you start asking for that. But like, she wasn't really the worldwide success we know until Red. Like Fearless was big. The next album after that, which was um. Speak now. Speak now. Speak now. Wasn't as big. And then they started putting her. They were like, all right, we don't trust you. We're going to put you in the studio with Max Martin and and this up and coming redhead dude named Ed Sheeran. <laughs> well, I think they saw like an opportunity <laughs> to where like Fearless won album of the year. Yeah, which is impressive. And but all she tried to do was put out Fearless 2.0 in it. But then between. Work. <laughs> well, between Fearless and Speak Now was the Kanye thing. Ah, yes. Ah. And so, like, her up even like more. Speak Now was, I guess, was decent, but, like, we need you to cross over into the pop world. We need a hit. So then with Red, <laughs> it's like, okay, we're going to give you Max Martin and these other pop yeah. producers. And then she's never looked back at country. And I'm so sad. <laughs> so sad. Uh, she also went on to say that uh, this is my worst case scenario. Anytime Scott Borchetta has heard the word Scooter Braun escape my lips, it was when I was either crying or trying not to. He knew what he was doing. They both did, controlling a woman who doesn't want to be associated with them in perpetuity. I mean, honestly, Scott Brachetta's got to do what he feels feels is best for him. Because um, now that I'm I'm looking back and thinking, I do remember hearing this for years that um, there had been talks that he wanted to sell the record label, and that Taylor Swift was very against it. Now I did not know he wanted to sell it to Scooter Braun, and. Admittedly, I don't know a ton about Scooter Braun other than that he was Justin Bieber's Justin manager. Yeah. I, I think I used to or might still follow him on Instagram because um, I know there was a Korean artist. Um, I think she was Korean that he was trying to bring over because she was uh, supposed to be the next. Name? Jay Park. Oh, that's not even the one I was thinking of, but he, he might have been all over in Korea trying to trying to save these people. <laughs> 
that we're so worried about. Um, <laughs> but it was this woman who was supposed to be the next. She was like the Korean Taylor Swift. Uh, oh, yeah. And I can't remember her name because she had like an eating disorder. It's very sad. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, but I followed her because of him. Now, I don't know what happened there, but I mean, like, I didn't know that Scooter Braun had his hands in there like this. You know, like, that was the only thing I knew him for was, oh, yeah, I got Justin Bieber. And it's just like, oh, what else has he done? Uh, Justin Bieber. <laughs> didn't really know. Who, I think he tried. To, did he try to get Tanashi at one point? Or did he have her? I don't know. Yeah. I, I Yeah. I, where does he get his money from? <laughs> <laughs> well, we know now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, also, the, um, Burchetta did respond. And he said Taylor had every chance in the world to own her, not just her master recordings, but every video, photograph, everything associated to her career. She chose to leave. Mm. Um, and he was saying that um, he had offered Swift an opportunity last year to gain ownership over her previous recordings in exchange for signing a new contract with Big Machine. Uh, well, she says that deal was she could get one album back at a time for every new album she put out. So it's, he's not denying what she said <laughs> really. Um, so, um, but it's like, yeah. the, it's, it sucks. And that's kind of the cutthroat nature of the music business. Mm -hmm. And, but like hearing how, like how Taylor is speaking, it almost sounds like they were, some sort of friends at some point. And that's why it hurts. Yeah. Mm hmm Um and uh Justin Bieber posted a response um <clears throat> apologizing for the hurtful post ref uh referenced by Swift, but adding that Braun didn't have anything to do with it. He also criticized Swift for airing her differences with Ron on social media, saying she did so to get sympathy and to get her fans to go and bully Braun. I mean, like, like she so often does. <laughs> the Taylor Swift army is is. Uh, I don't think it's up. It's I don't think it's worse than the Beehive, but it's up there. What the believers? I, I don't think you. I don't think you get worse than the Beehive as far yeah. as how. Um, One Directioners. They're they're close. They're the closest. Well, it, that's had to have um, died down a little bit because they're not together anymore. Well, I, I figured we were talking about the in their primes. <laughs> I, I figured we were talking about in their primes when they were. Um, they um, basically threatened the life of an Atlanta DJ <laughs> because you know, they thought that they thought that he was. Um, they thought one of the members were they were flirting or whatever back and forth with the DJ, and uh, they yeah they threatened her life. Yeah, That's she had to get off of social life. media. <laughs> it's like come on guys. Someone go check on her. Yeah, <laughs> she she worked for Star ninety four and I haven't I don't listen so I, yeah maybe we should check on her to see if she's still alive or see if those thirteen year old girls followed through. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Um. Yeah, he manages yeah. some big acts, though. I'm looking here. He manages yeah. Carly Rae Jepsen, Jay Balvin, um, Demi Lovato, who apparently came to um, his defense after Taylor Swift, um, Ariana Grande, 
Justin Bieber. So he's got some major artists. The Black Eyed Peas? That's interesting. He needs to help them. They need help. Ashley Graham signed with Braun in 2018 in order to build her lifestyle brand. So he's not just in music either. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, Zach Brown band. Uh, good night. <laughs> <laughs> Idina Menzel. Oh, the Let It Go girl. Dan and Shay. Wow. He's been. Is he like the Rich Paul? <laughs> of the music? Rich Paul of the pop world? Yeah. That's, That's insane. Like. He's going to get them all well, to the I same don't, team. I don't, well, yeah, <laughs> I want to know how they how they met. Because if it's anything like how LeBron and Rich Paul met. You know about that? They were like they were friends, right? Well, well no, met, that's Maverick Carter. I'm thinking of. Yeah, Maverick Carter is his one of his friends. Yeah, but he met Rich Paul while he was selling throwback jerseys out of the trunk of a car <laughs> in Akron. No that's wonder so he was able to pick up her masters. Like these are some, yeah, these he's are some big names. Yeah, selling throwbacks out of a trunk was one of them a LeBron throwback. <laughs> Well, LeBron was still in high school. Oh, he was in high school. Okay, I thought for some reason this was going to be like a... Like a Boys and Girls Club uh, yeah, jersey? Like, I was like my third year or something, and like he's selling throwbacks. I'm like, Brian, been in the league that long to have a throwback. Um, you're enterprising. Would you like a job? <laughs> um, so I think that... Uh, I mean, what? Uh, who are you... Do we have to take sides on this? So I think Scooter Braun just made a, a crude business move similar to Michael Jackson. He saw an opportunity. Yep. Um, but hey, it's just any I think it, it also shows that anybody in the music company in the music industry can can get got in some way. Yep. Doesn't even, matter how big you are. Exactly. Even Taylor Swift. Exactly. Which kind of goes to show what was the um uh the joke that Chris Rock made. He was like, There's a difference between being rich and being wealthy. He was like, Shaq is rich. rich. The man that signs his check is wealthy. <laughs> there you go. The family that owns the color blue. <laughs> 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 that owns Similac. So, you know, to a certain degree, you know, Scooter Braun is probably, I mean, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what his net worth might be. His real name is Scott, which I'm, I would go by Scooter, I guess. I don't know. That's <laughs> That's such a weird... Scooter, you say four hundred million is his net worth, so about twice as much as uh, Taylor Swift. Yeah, probably on his way to being a billionaire with all these artists that he's managing now. He'll, I think he's going to get there. Yeah, he's going, he's going to be a, a power player very soon. Yeah. in this game. Well, he's he already is. But yeah, he'll be like a name synonymous with something. Hadn't even hit forty yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, before we get to our other story, let's look at the charts here. Uh, number one, still number one. It has one more week to go to tie the record or to break the record. To break it, to he's break already it. tied it. So this is the tying record week mm-hmm. for Old Town Road. He's already said what we gonna do when we break the record on Twitter. He said that what we gonna do. So. <laughs> uh, what is there to do? I don't know because he he's performed the song all around the world from second graders to. I don't know if he if he was at Splendor in the Grass that festival with so, the kid, but sixteen. What is weeks. there to do? That's roughly that's about that's four, that's months, four months basically. And if we're being honest, what's gonna knock it off? <laughs> Even 
even when it hits 17 weeks. Yeah, it could get to 20 weeks. Like, what's going to knock it off? <laughs> like, who is 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 someone waiting? Because Beyonce don't put out number one hits anymore. So, like, unless, like, Drake is waiting in the wings with a single and maybe they have a handshake agreement that he's going to. Well, he's got a single at number 11 right now. Uh-oh. But Uh-oh. I don't. But it's been there for a couple of weeks because okay. it was one of those Raptors won the championship singles. Okay. Yeah. I'm just curious because I'm looking here in this top 10. I don't see anything that can that is going to knock him off. So we could, like you just said, this could go to 20 weeks. <laughs> so the uh, number two is uh, Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. I heard the song. I got like Lord vibes from it a little bit. I, it's one of those kind of songs where it looks like it's minimal production and uh kind of weird lyrics yeah i didn't but, really care for it it's uh debuting at number three goodbyes by sirius malone featuring young thug number four talk by khalid number five senorita by the canadian john mayer <laughs> and uh the artist from you know is fifth harmony number six I Don't Care by the most influential artist in black music and the Canadian Spotify champion. Number seven, Truth Hurts <laughs> by Lizzo. Number eight, Sucker by the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Number nine, uh, Sunflower from Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse by Sirius Malone and Sway Lee. And number 10, Suge by The Baby. Uh, let's look at the artists uh, sorry, uh the uh billboard 200 these are the albums number one debuting at number one dreamville and mr no features <laughs> <laughs> dreamville and j cole revenge of the dreamers three debuts at number one number two when we fall asleep where do we go by billy eilish number three indigo by mr finnaby mean number four seven by lil nas x Number five, Hotel Diablo by Machine Gun Kelly. Oh. Who still, uh, I, I, there's stories that keep coming out that he references his beef with Eminem last year. Eminem destroyed him. Why is he talking about yeah, that? Yeah, he still references, I think it's for people to recognize him. <laughs> You're like that guy well, that got punched by Mike that. Tyson. I keep hearing people say his album is good. I, oh, well, I'll check I it guess. out, yeah. <laughs> I, so, I don't know any of his songs. I got honestly. punched by Mike Tyson. Like, oh, that's my claim to fame. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, number six, "Cause I Love You" by Lizzo. Number seven, "Free Spirit" by Khalid. Number eight, "Beer Bongs and Bentleys" by Sirius Malone. Number nine, "Perfect Ten" by Mustard. That's DJ Mustard. Okay, I was like, what? Number ten, just, "Happiness." Just now. Yeah, he just goes by Mustard because he's an artist and he's on that beat. <laughs> Which is, uh, but I I think I read somewhere it was his way of getting out of contractual things. Hmm. I mean that that makes sense. Prince did it, so yeah, why not? <laughs> it, yeah, it's just as simple as a name change. Um, and number ten, happiness begins by the Jonas Brothers. Uh. Beer bongs and Bentley. That's been out for at least a year, right? Let me check that because I'm saying, is this turning into a? Uh, so I know it's that been on Stony the top 63 weeks. Stony was in the top ten for months. Yeah, and and then when Beer Bongs and Bentleys came out, Stony was still in the top yeah. ten. <laughs> he's he's working hard, man. I might I might have to start taking him serious. Yeah, it's working hard. 
Um, let's look at the Artist 100. She has a top, she has a, the number two song and the number two album, but she's number one of the Artist 100. That's Billie Eilish. Number two, Post Malone, a.k.a. Serious Malone. So do you take him seriously? Sure. You know, album on the charts for 63, 63 weeks. I got to take it serious. Brandon, how about you? <laughs> I guess that's a that's a feat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, number three, the most influential artist in black music. Uh, he had a lot of black artists on his album. So, is well, he have you heard the album that he did with um, the features album? Like, there's a song yeah. with him, Bruno Mars, and Chris Stapleton. Yeah, it sounds like nothing any of them would do. (laughs) Exactly, and it was weird. I love how I love how Ed Sheeran is the one non-black artist that gets away without any like cultural appropriation accusations. Because this is like his he's like on his fifth dance hall song, (laughs) (laughs) and he he regularly raps on his albums. Yeah, no one says a thing. Like on this, like on the album, he's rapping with Eminem and Fifty Cent. Really now? Yeah. That might be what I need for my Ed Sheeran bars he playlist. Song with, um, he's got a song with Meek Mill. What? Um, so this is what Jamie Foxx saw in him when yeah. he let him sleep on his couch. This is what, which is really sad because Jamie Foxx is rich, bro. You could have gave him a bedroom. <laughs> You're rich. Maybe you know. <laughs> it's like some of the. <laughs> But Jamie Foxx would be on these late night shows whenever, whatever. Oh, his movie he's stories doing. are great. But sometimes I don't believe them because or maybe just on my, so like, out of the yeah, or like okay, I don't think all this stuff happened at the same time. It, it there is a lot. There is a lot because he said he was at a party and like uh, there was this kid just standing on the wall and that was Jay Z. Like, Where? Uh, <laughs> and then like. Got to make it dramatic. And then, like, 10 feet away, there's Kanye. Like, come on, man. Well, I mean, the only thing <laughs> like, that would make when, when, think... when was this party? Because we're, we're talking about things that would probably happen, like, eight, nine years apart. The only thing that could make me think that it could be is because of how long he's been in it. Because I, I sometimes forget how long ago the Jamie Foxx show was. Like, he's, yeah. he got famous at a young age, you know, with that show. Um, and the guests they were able to get on there. And then after that, you know, he was like, oh, I'm not just a comedian. I'm not just a dude that's in Held Up. Yeah, I remember that movie. I'm not just oh, a dude yeah. in Held Up. <laughs> I can get an Oscar. <laughs> held uh, and what and Booty Call. I'm not just those types of movies. And he goes on, which I'm starting to see, and not to go too far off topic because I'm going to reel it back right here. Comedians might be amongst the best actors just because, like, because comedy, you know, from what I've been told, is really hard to do. And everything else is just easier. Like, you know, you, you've got your Jim Carrey's or Robin Williams, your Jamie Foxx's who just effortlessly go from comedy into serious roles. Like, it's nothing. Like, they just. Well, they, they're they performing. Because yeah. when you're doing stand-up comedy, you are performing. Mm-hmm. It may be a certain persona. Yeah. Or it may be you as far as, like, honest writing. So there are different forms of that. Mm. But when you're able to. You, it's it's a It's depending on how you look at it you're doing like a monologue for five to five minutes mm, at a time point, yeah. or an hour at a time. Yeah. 
Martin Short. Just thought about him in his episode of SVU. As you're trying to portray like stories or characters, that's that's acting. Yeah, you got to be several different people if you're doing that, because they just seem to like just effortlessly <laughs> just like yeah, Robin Williams got dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, Ed Sheeran. I'm, we, I I want to check that on, out. Uh, it also has um, Cardi B is on a song. Travis Scott, Young Thug, Ella May, her. Uh, Skrillex. Is this why he was referred to by that journalist in the UK as the most influential artist in black music? Was he from the future and he saw this coming? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, no one believes me. He's going to be the most influential artist in black music. I'm telling you. 2018 or 2019, I'm not sure. It just depends on the schedule. And like we're sitting here laughing and next thing you know, Ed Sheeran is the most influential artist in black music. (laughs) It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, number four is Khalid. Number five, we're not so worried about them, but we're still a little bit worried about them. I think this week they each have their own um, email address. Whoa. Whoa. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Good for them. Let's email them. <laughs> and they all got each, they each got half of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I was about to say they've been rationing them potatoes. <laughs> so I don't know if they got that much. That, you know, like, guys, guys, be careful. We don't want you to splurge and, and get overweight. And we can't say it to the girls. So, you know, eat that half of that peanut butter and jelly sandwich slowly. Well, <laughs> well, last week, last week they had to split a peanut butter and jelly sandwich seven ways. <laughs> so now, instead of a seventh, they get a half. So that that's a big step. Their stomachs but might hurt. But that, that is them splurging. So they'll probably go back to like a third yeah. of a sandwich next week. It makes me think of this episode of American Dad I saw where they were trying to be models. And they're like, all right, everyone, I've got cotton balls and water. <laughs> and he's like, oh, I already had three already today. I can't eat anymore. <laughs> that's good. Maybe that cotton ball and water diet. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, uh, Lil Nas X. Number seven, Queen? Uh, yeah. Are people still watching the movie? Or it just something? came out on HBO. Oh, yep. there you go. A little bit of a boost. Number eight, the Canadian John Mayer. Number nine, Lizzo. And number ten, Luke Combs. He was just here like a week ago. A week hmm. or two ago, yeah. Uh, so the other story I want to get to real quick is the, um, it has been two years since Chester Bennington passed. Um, and a story that um, was on Afropunk.com, which was published at the time of his death, um, says Lincoln Park introduced a lot of black kids to rock at a time when gen- when the genre had already been gentrified. Um, it says, for many of us millennials of a certain age, Lincoln Park marked a period in our tragic youths where the cathartic release of anger and the music of bands like Lincoln Park were much needed outlets for our adolescent rage. Chester Bennington's piercing, expressive voice paired with co-founder Mike Shinoda's hip-hop-inspired fusions, and of course, their 2004 Collision Course collaboration with Jay-Z, Linkin Park played a pivotal role for so many black kids, making that making the segue into hard rock. So what do you think of... Um, uh, what do you think of that kind of... Per, of that perspective... Uh, 
I'm sure we all listened to rock music at some point, but was it introduced to us via Linkin Park? Uh, for, well, for me personally, it wasn't introduced to me via, via Linkin Park, but growing up where I grew up at, a lot of people I knew got into rock because of Linkin Park. And I I don't I don't I don't think I don't know what what it was that that connect that made it connect with them because it was like it would go from like parties would go from from very aggressive G-unit music to <laughs> to uh, just a screaming at the top of his lungs within a matter of seconds it'd be awesome I, I i don't know but i i'd say i'd say so what do you think ben um well i think anyone who knows me knows my feelings on hybrid theory so um this did not introduce me to rock music <laughs> but i can say i did meet a few kids on my bus who were into that album and they were not into much you know, much rock music before that. And um, after that, you know, it was kind of like, oh, man, have you heard? Like, I remember, like, the same guy who was on my bus that was really into Linkin Park. Like, I swear, it was like a few weeks later, he's telling me about Shimmer by Fuel. I'm like, how do you make that connection? <laughs> but it was still kind of cool. Like, there were even kids on my bus who, because, you know, new Metal was huge back then. I was a fan of Corn, And, um... Of course, Dub C Crip Walks and the Got the Life video, which is awesome. And then on that same record, and I, maybe it's just a California thing, I don't know, Ice Cube guests on a song, Children of the Corn. And a couple of kids heard that, and that was their connection to new metal because back then, some of those artists really like, so like what, Corn and Limp Biscuit really embraced hip hop culture. John Davis was walking around and Adidas jumpsuits and shell-toed Adidas and Fred Durst thought he could rap. Fred Durst, I, Fred Durst thought he was a rapper <laughs> <laughs> with the backwards New York cap and the, and the shell-toed Adidas, which I guess that was just a big thing in new metal period. But um, and then you Doing know collaborations with Method Man, yeah, yeah. And he does in together now, and like it's just like okay, we're here, like rap and rock have fully embraced each other, and I and you know that kind of. But I can say I, I did know some black kids that, yeah, that was their first introduction. Because, I mean, if you think about it, the biggest single from Hybrid Theory was basically a rap song. <laughs> yeah. Like he raps, he raps the verses and you sing a hook. That's that's a rap song. So, yeah, I, I could I see the influence. Definitely. Um, I think for me, my introduction of rock was uh, in a way. Well, talked about this on the Synchronicity episode, the. Uh, as I was moving out of Oklahoma, mm -hmm. the next door neighbor who was moving in, who was a black <laughs> kid, like the police. And that was kind of my introduction there. But also, um, uh, uh, I grew up a fan of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm, good stuff. Um, and that was my, kind of my introduction. And I didn't know for a long time, like all of these rap rock acts that came out with, um, well, the, the rock acts with hip hop influence, mm -hmm. at least, like Limp Biscuit and Corn and POD. POD. Um, I think it was Head PE. Yeah. Crazy Town. Yeah. Um, I didn't no know more, it was right? called, uh, yeah, Faith No, no more. more. Well, yeah. Faith No More was Before around the time, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, around the same time as Red Hot Chili, Chili Peppers. Peppers. Um, so. 
the the those um I didn't know it was called new metal. I was <laughs> like, why are all <laughs> why are all these the same kind of act coming out right now? <laughs> um but uh I I think I understand it and because in a way maybe it made it okay for black kids to listen to non well something that wasn't strictly hip hop yeah. and R and B. And this was a way to kind of um ease people, specifically yeah. black people, into accepting this kind of music yeah. if it's done in um a tasteful way. Accessible I guess. to them uh, yeah, and their tastes. Yeah. Sad like because what what really had to stop and it still needs to stop, don't call it white music. It's just it's music. It's just music. It's just music. You, well, you know what I've said about this. I told someone this yesterday. All music is black music, man. Come on, All bro. of it. All of it. And they really, I was listening to more of that Rock and Roll Archaeology podcast. Oh, they believe that wholeheartedly. <laughs> <laughs> they believe that wholeheartedly and talk about its roots and everything. And I'm not going to go into that because I, I feel like that's another episode altogether. But, yeah, I mean, like, we got to stop calling it white music. It's just, it's music. And for those listening, that includes country. Yeah. Country is white people doing gospel. Yeah. And uh, metal, metal is just funk sped up. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's just, it's, it's, so stop, call, stop being ashamed of, of the music that you list, you know, of liking certain types of music. It's just music. And so I think, especially nowadays, and, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad festivals like that for punk festival and just this website in general exists because, um, I do think now, you know, over the last what, 15 to 20 years, there has been more of an alternative, um, a black alternative scene. And you think of bands like, and I can't think of them, I think it's Bad Brains, but yeah, which was, you know, a very old punk band, you yeah. know, of, comprised of black people. Go figure, right? They're, they're one, they're, <laughs> from what I've read, they're mo- one of the most influential yeah. punk bands ever. Yeah. Like, any punk band you know, they go, they you Talk know, about trace, bad back, yeah. trace back to Bad Brains. And they were not recognized, as with a lot of artists. I'm not going to just sit here and say it was only black people. A lot of artists were not recognized in their time, but Bad Brains was one of those people who are more famous after the fact than they were when they were around, you know, yeah. for many different reasons, probably because they're black and also because punk music was just, I think punk music scared a lot of people back then. You know, you don't, you don't know what to think. Yeah. It's like these crazy people jumping up on stage. They're tatted it's up. Really their hair is crazy. Yeah, they're loud and aggressive. It's just like, you know, no matter how you look, you're going to scare some people. You're going to scare middle America. <laughs> Singing like some sort of punk. <laughs> it always reminds me of that, that scene in Walkart. <laughs> you're just going to scare people. Yeah. Vince punk music. <laughs> yeah. So, but that, like I said, that's an, and I, I got to write these down because these are good, these are good ideas because I will forget them in, in five minutes. But yeah, yeah. All right, well, that will do it for our uh, music news segment. Um, and we'll get to Ben's earworm of the week. So tell us about it. So um, kind of a teaser. Um, we're going to try to get my fiance on for an episode, and we'll talk about what that means later. But she makes fun of me for listening to this song. Um, she was like, you probably used to be weird. You listen to this stalker song. Like, this is not a stalker song. It's a really good song. It sounds great. Um, Heather Headley in my mind. Um, 
I recently rediscovered this song going through some old um, playlists and CDs. And yeah, she straight up called me a stalker for listening to this song. I don't think it's a stalker song. Do y'all? Um, I'm not familiar with uh, this song, actually. I can't say I am either. I probably know it. <laughs> Listen to the words. It's borderline. <laughs> it's stalker-esque. It's stalker Stalker-esque. It has stalker tendencies. <laughs> I don't know. Um, someone said hood adjacent. It's, it's stalker adjacent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So this is In My Mind by Heather Headley. And we'll be right back. Imagine seeing him on the town holding another hand She's staring me down so I figured that he told her who I am But it don't matter either way what they do or say cause ain't nothing changed He's standing with her but his soul is calling out my name in my mind, I'll always be his lady. In my mind, I'll always be his girl. Saw his mama just the other day, said he'd been through a spell. In My Mind by Heather Headley. Um, the only song I knew by her was He Is. But this, oh, okay. this, is, this is a nice song. But It is also Starkish. Yeah. Stalker adjacent, yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not like she said, I went out looking for him. You know, she was just, I was downtown and I saw him. Maybe she lives in a small town, you know. So he, she saw him with another woman. And she was staring him down, staring and her down. Then, and then, but and then she saw she talked to his mom. His mom probably talked to her. <laughs> and, and, and I bet the mom didn't know who that woman was. <laughs> uh, hey, I love the song. <laughs> hey, Miss Parker. Hey. <laughs> what you doing? The mom was probably concerned. She was like, you know, Heather, you was always the best thing that happened to him. And now he done broke up with the old girl and he's just so sad. Right. They, they, talk, they go to the same church. You should give him a call. Talk to each other every Sunday, have a cup of coffee or something. Mm-hmm. 
You should give him a call. He could really use a friend. <laughs> <laughs> he could really use a friend. And she was just like, you know what? I will. <laughs> All right. So uh, you can find that on our BTT YHT Earworms playlist on Spotify. I don't know why I just thought of the uh, <laughs> the beginning of the In Vogue song. Like, stalking. Wrote a song about it. Want to hear it? Here it goes. <laughs> <laughs> all right there's a compilation of of the calhoun tubs seeds. you find it, just search calhoun tubs on youtube like <laughs> wrote a song about it here. Hey. Here you go. yeah um okay good times, good times so we started the program mm-hmm. uh with uh, a scene from the cinematic masterpiece um, Don't undersell it, Greg. Don't undersell it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the Academy Award snubbed film. Oh, that's yeah, that is yes, that is more accurate. <laughs> the film that ended gang wars. Yes, all across nations. They were sleeping at the. They were asleep at the wheel when they didn't nominate this one. Yeah, I was very mad. I think I stayed out of class that day. <laughs> How could they overlook this tragedy? Um. And of course, we're talking about You Got Served, um, a film released in 2004. <laughs> um, a little bit of why we why this film kind of sticks out to, to Ben and I, um, this was during a very uh, strange sophomore year at West Georgia. Um, it really was a strange yeah. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of things happen which aren't music related, so we're not going to talk about that. Yeah. But um, uh, a bunch of us went to see this film. Uh, our previous guest group, you would know from West Georgia, yeah. I think a- Abraham and Mario came with us. Um, I had Clarissa with me. <laughs> so uh, another weird part of that year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, we actually went to the movies to see this. I think we all went into it knowing it. It was like, this is probably going to be bad. <laughs> Bro, when I saw the commercial and the floor shook, I was like, I have to see this movie. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we figured this was going to be bad. So we, uh, uh, well, let's go see it because I think it was probably a, a Saturday night in Carrollton. What else uh, are you going to do, huh? There's yeah. not much to do. <laughs> we were We were black youths in a... And Small I think I think town. I think it was like five dollars to see it or something. Yeah, the movie like theater that. there was yeah, not expensive. It was very cheap. Times was different back then. <laughs> and either we went to CC's before or after. Because <laughs> CC's was like right there. <laughs> by the, no, it was because it wasn't CC's yet. It was um oh uh, Papa's Pizza. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so um, what a year. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, that's this is why it sticks out to us. Uh, of course, it's been it was written and directed by Chris Stokes, who was the business manager of B2K and Marcus Houston. Um, well, I didn't know he managed Marcus Houston too. Yeah. Oh boy. Because he managed Immature. Oh. The mastermind behind Tug Records. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. All right. See, so what 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 the rumors of what happened with members of B2K mm-hmm. that happened with Immature also. That's so sad. Damn, Chris Stokes. What were you? Oh, boy. Uh, This was with a budget of $8 million. So that could explain some things. 
Um, <laughs> it made forty-eight million at the box office in the U.S. at least. So, okay, so um, you got served. It's a, it's a, it's considered a comedy drama. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Heavy emphasis on a lot of unintentional comedy, but yeah. Yeah, and. Just no emphasis on on either, really, to me. But anyway, <laughs> uh, this was what I what I read. This was written by Chris Stokes um, six years previous, um, and he probably had was going to have immature be in the film. Yeah. But I think their popularity had died down by then. Um, interesting enough, just wanted to get to some people who were in the film, <laughs> but I didn't know um, Kevin Federline. Yep. K-Fed. Was in Wade's crew. Um, Columbus Short was one of the choreographers. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know where he was, but he... He was act- in it, too. He was, like, right in the beginning. Yeah, when uh, Omarion does the backflip, mm-hmm. standing ne- right next to the guy. That <laughs> that was Columbus Short he was standing next to. Yeah. And also, Harry Shum Jr., who played Mike Chang on Glee, was also in it hmm. as, a, as a dancer. I don't know where... But that's where it was. Um, so uh, start from the beginning. Um, I just want to give my my first note. We'll kind of go around here. I know Brandon said he had some notes. Um, first four and a half minutes. No dialogue. Nope. They just yeah. jump right in with a with the yeah. dance battle. Just straight serving. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost superhero movie esque. Yeah. Like how you know, they have like the big action scene to open the movie. Like that was them. They were like, you know what? Let's let the dancing do the talking for us. Yeah. Let's <laughs> let them know why we're here. Yes. Um, very long dance battle. It went the entire length of the song. Yeah. <laughs> and the song restarted like three times. <laughs> yeah. Because I heard like, your dreams song. have been fulfilled. I heard that like a bunch of times. Like it sounds like that's the beginning. <laughs> yeah. I love that song too. Um, it's, it's just I don't know. I just really like that song. Yeah. Um, Brandon, what what did you have? What was the first note you had when watching it? The the <laughs> <laughs> I did not reread these notes that I took down. Oh boy! And they're hilarious. The first thing I have is evidently Steve Harvey runs an underground dance battle circuit. <laughs> More to come on that later. <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, Mr. Have, Rad's, uh, Mr. Rad's Street Mr. Dance Rad. Emporium. Like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> like, what is this? What is this place? Is it just an abandoned warehouse? Is it a? How does he a, pay for it? <laughs> is it a gym? What does he do when he's not? Yes, when he's not taking advantage of kids. When he's not taking advantage <laughs> of children. Because that whole team, in that first scene, they split six hundred dollars. Yeah. And it was like 12 of them, right? Yeah. That's not very much for your work. <laughs> it's like max, if they split it evenly, mm-hmm. that's 50 bucks. How many How many weeks, how many hours did they work on getting that choreography? <laughs> exactly. It's like, what are the rehearsal schedules like? Do they get medical? God forbid one of them lands awkwardly on their ankle. <laughs> They're down for a bit. And then they can't get that $50 a day for, for dancing. <laughs> Also, another question about this street dance emporium. Um, well, it had two levels, right? Come on. And down. I wonder, was there 
Was there like a concession stand or something? How'd I know you were going like, there? I feel like, it, like, I feel like there should have been a, a, a shot of a concession stand in there. There's like a bar. They're serving up. There's there was up a lot of people Hulk's. there. It would seem like, it would seem like they should have made way more than six hundred dollars. Exactly, yeah. unless the price of admission is like a nickel. <laughs> which, 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 which digs into my my suspicions of Mr. Rad coming later on in the movie. Uh, yeah, I, I have a theory about Mr. Likewise. Rad also. Um, yeah, because well, well, also none of these kids have jobs. Uh, well, I mean well, they do, but they're just well, David legit. and Elgin have quote unquote jobs, jobs in the loosest sense of the word. Um, the next note I had was because this was after the first battle. Then they go work for Emerald. Um, I feel like they weren't delivering drugs. People keep saying it's a, he's a drug lord. I felt like they just had like stolen merchandise as far as like like shoes and electronics that fell off a truck or something. And those small bags? You never know. They were hustling cassettes. <laughs> I, <laughs> Blank cassettes CDs. and CDs. No, that, I, I think I honest I think it was drugs and probably in the powder form. Yeah, it's probably drugs. Um like ain't nobody gonna no one's gonna jump in and beat you. For some shoes. <laughs> like they jump him, put this dude in the hospital, almost mess up his dance career. Let's not jump ahead. Yeah. Um, or some shoes. Oh, I also made, I also had this note when they go work for Emerald. I called it Hood Postmates. <laughs> oh, man, they were ahead of their time. Is Chris Stokes owed royalties? Did he like inadvertently come up with like, Postmates, Uber Eats, all this stuff. They're like, yeah, man, if you just, you get someone, you give them a backpack and they deliver stuff for you, man. Like, <laughs> you thought it was drugs, but it was just a bag full of Jack in a Box. <laughs> oh, that would be good right now. <laughs> um, also had, uh, when they, they did the Hood Postmates thing, and then David crashes at Elgin's house, and you see David wake up, and I'm like, with that hair, there is no way. No way. He should not have a do rag on. Yeah. Why does he not have on a do rag? These these are these are important things, Chris Stokes. Chris, Chris, <laughs> I'm sure he didn't go to the He's, USC School of Writing <laughs> or film baby. or film because it was like okay in this scene, uh, just act like you sleep. All right, and action. <laughs> someone like someone who's actually probably trying to make real movies as a PA on 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 the set. He's like Chris, man. Like, what about the continuity? He's like, what's continuity? Like what? Conto what? Conto what? Um, Continental? Like breakfast? Oh, they got that the hotel, man. Action! Like Um, like none of this makes sense. (laughs) What? uh, What note? What notes did you have? What next note did you have? The weird thing is that I. It is inferred that Omarion and Marcus Houston's character are best friends. Mm Mm-hmm. And they take part in nightly dance battles on a weekly basis. And one would one would one would think that okay, him crashing at his house is a normal thing. Well, that morning he goes into the kitchen where he sees Marcus he's Elgin. He sees Elgin's little sister and he pretends that he hasn't seen her in years. Three years? <laughs> What? It's like, oh my God, I haven't seen you in years. How you doing, girl? 
plot hole. Yeah. <laughs> Chris yeah. Stokes, man. We need to put these together and send them to Chris Stokes. Um, and, and, yeah. she's like, and she says something like, oh, well, life's been, life, living life and stuff since you guys moved to the hills or something. Oh, yeah. Like, like he, he lives in Baldwin, Baldwin hills, hills, which is like Black Laguna Beach. Yeah, that's supposed to be the nice area. That's, that's what, yeah. So why is he dancing in battles? So why that's probably why. He ain't got to work. He's a trust fund kid. <laughs> um, you have all this access. Yeah. And you and your friends are still dancing yeah. in sweaty, sweaty dance emporiums ran by a questionable <laughs> figure. Clearly. Who may or may not be a supervillain. Clearly, um, he is in the red. He's, he's in the red. He's paying for a studio, expensive streetwear. Um, and he's making 50 bucks a battle. He is clearly in the red, and his parents are funding this. <laughs> They're just like, whatever. It keeps him off the streets. Little do they know he's peddling drugs. It's just. <laughs> um, <clears throat> oh, I had um, when he asked her, um, when was the last time you saw us perform? And she said, oh, it was that, that Christmas thing at the mall. And he says, dang, girl, that's messed up. Dang, God, <laughs> Great writing. Um, she had to oh, give that's... up Princeton, man. Yeah. She's been working at a hospital. She don't have time to come see a little dance exactly. crew. Exactly. Every she every night or week or whatever. 12 hour shifts with Megan Good. <laughs> at the hospital, yeah. What do they do at the hospital? They're not nurses because they're not. I figured certified. they were candy stripers without the candy stripes. <laughs> they work. They do. They do stuff. <laughs> Like they can't. It, they had on scrubs. I'm like, what are you? What? You ain't taking the mighty blood. I'm not certified <laughs> to do anything. At most, you're listening to a heartbeat. <laughs> How old are you? Yeah, they're like they're yeah. high. They seem like they're high school, right? If she's going off to community college, or um, yeah, yeah, then they're just out of high school. So they're not. I mean, they might volunteer. They probably push somebody to their room. <laughs> Stuff like that. Like they're 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 kids. Um. <laughs> yeah. Damn, that's messed up. I feel like he improvised that line. And yeah. Chris Stokes was like, perfect, perfect. perfect. Just yes. keep doing that. Keep doing that. <laughs> and that's why there's a lot of that in the movie. <laughs> um, did you have any notes for that? Any other notes for that scene, Brandon? Well, my next, <laughs> I have in all caps that the acting is terrible. Oh, God. Well, and this movie, oh, another thing, this movie is painfully 2004. In 2004, <laughs> I was 14. So, you know, long, oversized tees and yeah. stuff like that. And the one thing that caught my eye when, in that scene when he woke up, that they fell asleep watching the And One mixtape. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that so they was, get their dance move Nothing ideas. says 2004 like And One mixtape. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um... Uh, so David offers to walk her to work. Um, didn't even shower. Didn't no, change. That was like, did he brush no, his he, teeth? At first or? he offers her offers to drive her to work. Yeah, she says yeah. no. She says she wants no, to walk. and she wants to walk as if it's down the street. She, yeah. it's down the street, and that's how she stays in shape. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I was like, like did he a whole fifty feet? 
Small uh, hood. Small hood. I was like, did he at least get the crust out of his eyes? Because nah, he, he, he didn't change clothes or nothing. He just woke up like, all right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah, uh, Elgin is un, like, I don't know, people who are like protective of their younger siblings. Um, it's, a, it's a very popular movie trope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And but it always seems like they're gonna go too far. Yeah, you break a heart, I'll break a neck. And he 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 eventually Elgin eventually went too far. Yeah. Um. The next I had was, uh, like the next battle. Um, when it was just two, it was two other crews, and then one crew won, and then David and Elgin like double or nothing because mm-hmm. they have an end with Mister Rat like that. Uh, <clears throat> one. They didn't pick a new song. <laughs> it was like the same song. It is time to dance and dance to breathe in, breathe out for the next. <laughs> um, one thing I also found that wasn't fair is that the crew that they won, but then they went against David Elgin's uh, crew. David Elgin's crew had twice as many people, man. Yeah, that's a big crew. Like the other crew has six people. You have like 12, 13 people. <laughs> like strength in numbers is, it seems like that's what wins here. March them off the floor. Yeah, what was that? Like <laughs> They wave them off the floor like that. That was, yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. We was going to go again. Nope. Nope, it's over. We declared it's this over. is over. Exactly. And Mr. Raz was like, yeah, dog, it's over. Mr. Rad didn't care. <laughs> in his uh, velour suit. I'm sure it was velour. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, we see um, Sonny, who would eventually uh, betray yeah. <laughs> the crew. Like this dude's, like they should have kicked him out a long time ago. He's kind of a trash person. Yeah, he was just. <laughs> He's like, why? Why can't we just split it up twelve ways? Like, okay, if David and Elgin are putting up the money, yeah, they should get the bulk of it. Like, why yeah. can't we just split it evenly? Like, you go put up some money. No. no, but I still want equal. <laughs> but, I still want but I still want it. He was a very, sh- I mean, not even to get too deep in this, he's a very shallow, shallowly written character. Like, you just kind of knew, like, yeah, he's going to do something bad. Uh, this was, uh, <laughs> like this you was knew young Rome. Yeah, you could feel the turnabout. Yeah, you could feel it, beca- you could feel it coming, you know? And so when it, when it happened, it was like, oh, well, duh. Like, clearly this guy wasn't happy. Oh, see, because I didn't recognize him. Uh, that was uh, Romeo from Immature. Mm-hmm. That oh, was God. Sonny. I didn't even recognize them. <laughs> or the one, the one who had the the the, the blonde, curly blonde hair. Yeah, that was that's Sonny. Okay, huh? <laughs> so uh, Chris Stokes gave him a job. Um. So uh, I also have a theory. Um. About Sonny. I, I don't I it doesn't add I just feel like because he's kind of a trash person mm-hmm. I think he killed Lil Saint. We'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. Now, that could have been compelling. Oh God, Chris Stokes is not advanced enough to write that in. <laughs> this is a fan theory. <laughs> you should put this on our fan theories on Reddit. See if anyone cares. Somewhere Chris Stokes is like shit. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> oh man, he'll it'll be in the remake of You Got Served. <laughs> um, uh, Brandon, what what notes did you have uh, uh, from there? 
from from there it's that it's that second dance battle and after like sometime after that they get called out by uh wade wade and his crew mm-hmm. but the hilarious thing how it happens like they don't they don't meet face to face and challenge them <laughs> they they don't send them a note they give them a vhs tape yeah, in which yeah. <laughs> in which they watch they i think they watched that tape at least 3 times to make sure he said what he said <laughs> And then it was, I guess it was like it was it just felt because like this is pre YouTube yeah this is pre smartphones or Snapchat or Instagram pre social media yeah so someone had a giant camcorder yep and filmed and, it and filmed it and made sure it got to Elgin so they could watch it four times yeah before agreeing to the said battle and how did it wait how did it get to them. I don't know. I think it was an envelope. He just, he just had it, I think. Yeah, and I can't remember how how it got to him. I don't think it was explained. I think he just I like, yeah, this crew from o- like, Orange yeah, County wants to challenge us. San Diego. He wants to challenge us. Was the challenges. And it's like the most money they've it's ever the seen. Most, it's the most early 2000s MTV kind of shooting. Like yeah. the camera <laughs> zooming in and out. Zooming in and out Almost like they were around. like trying to audition for Singled Out or something. No, it was an episode Yo, of The Real World. I'm Wade. Or <laughs> I'm Wade. You should put me on The Real World. I'm a crazy guy that speaks his mind. <laughs> and I like to dance. If you ain't scared, put up some money and we'll meet you on the dance floor. Ah, <laughs> uh, little did we know. <laughs> um... Uh, Megan Good, who ha- whose role was much too small in this Beautiful. film. There's two L's. Uh, I guess I, I, she. I get this. Is, this is this is not her lane. Um, what being the friend? being the comic relief? Oh no, not her. No. Her being the comic relief that was not that was not her lane. Um, but hey, Chris Stokes gave her a job. Um, at, at one point, she wears a jacket with her own face on it. Yeah, yeah. her own face is on the back. <laughs> I would say Chris Stokes probably put her in the movie because he wanted to sleep with her, but I don't think she's his type. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying, I don't think he probably. No, no. In that case, Marcus Houston lobbied for her to be in it too. Then, in that case, yeah. And Omarion wanted Jennifer Freeman to who, be in it. Who wouldn't want Jennifer Freeman? <laughs> this was this was at the height of her. My wife and kids fame. Yeah. He was like, yeah, give me that light skin chick from that Damon Wayans show. <laughs> uh, so they show up um, to battle. Uh, well, they played well, the scene we played at the beginning with. Uh, okay, we know you wanted to challenge them, but then they just then they show up. How do they find them? Yeah. Yeah. How do they How'd find you know them? where they'd be? Mm hmm. Um. You guys don't even live out here. <laughs> like you, you like you, you way, far way from home. Yeah, you, you far away from home. Yep, pretty much. Y'all got um, out here to challenge us. And <laughs> even if they got that information from Sunny, mm-hmm. this leads into the. Well, it was weird. It's like, okay, how do y'all not rehearse? Y'all had to rehearse. They say we don't practice. Y'all practice sometime. You yeah. got to. We don't. No, no. He said. We don't practice. We just do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. y'all know 
somehow they linked brains. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hive mind. <laughs> because that that was the interesting with the battle, and there are a lot of things that happen here. Okay, how did <clears throat> is someone taping these battles? Because how was Sunny able to teach the crew? Or show them all their moves <laughs> in less than twenty four hours. Yeah, that was impressive. Like he's like, "Oh, I'm not getting paid. I'm going to this crew that lives a couple of hours away, probably, <laughs> and I'm going to show them all the moves that I know from memory because nobody tapes these battles. <laughs> we don't really practice, <laughs> and I'm going to get more money and I, that I don't have to put up. <laughs> he just wanted a handout. That's all." <laughs> unapologetic about it yeah pretty much it was very reminiscent of the scene in bring it on where um you know the girls from compton go to um go to the rancho carney's practice and start you know miming their dance moves in front of them and, and take over it was that's what that scene always reminded me of and i wonder yeah. if chris stokes stole that <laughs> um well, let me see i was Bring It On. Oh, Bring It On. I was in high school when Bring It On came out. That was like 99, I think. Because Kirsten Dunst was still a kid. <laughs> 2000, so yeah. 2000, was, okay, so yeah. It was before before you got served. So, uh, yeah, you probably stole it. He's like, you know that um, scene where the black girls come to the white girls, start taking their dance moves? We're going to do that only in reverse, where the white dudes going to take the black dudes' dance moves. It's going to be dope. I'm telling you, man. It's, it's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. I'm telling you, man. That was one of the rewrites. <laughs> he was like... <laughs> Um. Yeah. So I and well, the first one of the notes I had there was Federline. That's why I saw Kevin Federline. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have been. I would not have been able to pick him out. Yeah, he, I, had, he had a ponytail, and you only see him for like five seconds. So yeah. I I knew already that he was in the film. Okay. Yeah, I knew. Um, he, yeah, just yeah. It's crazy though. Like he <laughs> he was he was a backup dancer for Britney Spears, right? Yeah. That's how they met. Okay. Yeah. And I um I wrote that. Well, again, Sonny is trash. Um, and I felt like was he planning this all along because this was the next day like was that the last straw <laughs> yeah he probably had been thinking about it for a while and he was like, like you know what ask y'all no more. these my boys man you was in a singing group with them man these your boys you need to make this work and then when they're like well we're putting up the money he was like you know what that's it I'm going to Wade's house like, <laughs> <laughs> goes over the way he's like it's not fair, man. Just because they put all the money away, it's like, yeah, man, you you deserve better, man. We're gonna give you fifty dollars. <gasps> Whoa, <laughs> fifty dollars! Oh my God! But under oh. one condition, oh, you boy, have to no show fooling? us all. <laughs> no fooling. No fooling. <laughs> under one condition, you have to show us all their moves right now. <laughs> <laughs> right That's how he proves second. he's in. That's how he proves his that loyalty. <laughs> I just imagine him dancing really, really hard in the <laughs> living room <laughs> with no music. By, by himself. It's like, you're not a cop, are and you? Do the, uh, 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 and then the girls come out. <laughs> oh, that's cool. We got girls, too. We got girls, too. Like, yeah, yeah. Go call go call Cheryl and Tammy. <laughs> that proves he's not a cop. He's got to dance. <laughs> <laughs> It, yeah, I, I mean, if you think about it, and that's the thing, with, with this movie, as we have continuously kind of pointed out, and Chris Stokes didn't think about it, there's just a lot of continuity issues and yeah. timeline issues and things that just don't make sense. Like, And 
because there's another nitpicking that I'm going to do when we get to this other scene that I want to talk about. But yeah. All right. Um, yes, I was right. The he playing this all along. It's the next day. Was anyone taping these battles? Because I, how does Sonny remember all the moves and show it to somebody in less than 24 hours? Professional. Um, <laughs> and then when they when they lost and they um uh they Wade's crew takes the money and everything and they leave. Um, <laughs> I put um the the the, the Advice that Mr. Rad gives, I wrote down Radfucius. <laughs> Radfucius. <laughs> I wrote down dramatic motivational Steve Harvey speech. <laughs> oh, never forget that when they saw Sonny turning on them, it like played this really dramatic rock song. Yeah. Just, it's like, ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> We've been had fools. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh man. Um. This is art house. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Okay. So the the next day, <clears throat> where David and Elgin are shooting baskets. That's what I want to call it. And then uh, Vic comes up, and he wants to join the crew. Um, so they're already they're already treating Vic like trash. It was like, hey, I gotta go. Um, but can you spot me a twenty? No, I don't. I don't have any money. And then and then Vic just says, oh, I, well, I have ten dollars. So that was was that his dues, his crew, <laughs> his, his crew dues. dues, protection money. And who knows? That's probably what they were doing to Sunny. <laughs> just bumming money off of it. So, somebody else these dance moves one day. <laughs> so, David and um, Leah go out on a date. Uh, I was like, how? What did that $10 buy? Yeah. That was, I felt. Because if he didn't have any cash on, it was like they had hamburgers and fries yeah. and milkshakes they had- and. So much. They were there. And they were there for hours. Day. Yeah. Hours. And that's the thing. That's another thing. Time day. just felt weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, time, like, well, he, it's dark all of a sudden. Like, it's, like, like it's, it's y'all there. back and forth to looking at Marcus Houston making the drop off, and it's clearly nighttime. Yeah. But then it shoots back to the diner, and it's clearly The daytime. sun is shining into the diner. Chris Stokes, get it together, man. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, it's just so. He's like, oh, man, looked at this phone with. That surprised Amarion look. <laughs> like, it, it's just, yeah, that, that part got, did not make a lot of sense to me. I got eight missed calls. <laughs> <laughs> Must be my other, I mean. Uh, uh, <laughs> Omarion with Leah clearly punching above his weight class. Like, she's older than you. She's yeah. smarter than you. She's more on the ball than you. Like, what does she see in him? Like, is, is she captain, you know, like, she trying to save him? Like, I can make him better. I can fix him. Leave him All alone. he wants to do is dance. It's that, it's, it's that Don Henley song. All he wants to do is dance, dance, dance. <laughs> Bought out pistol waivers, making a, drug drops. Yeah, and when, <laughs> was she slave to the rhythm. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he wants to do, man. She's like, if I could just get him, you know, to, to pick up a book that's not about dancing. <laughs> 
Um, was she right to be making that demand like that on their first date? No, yeah, you're gonna turn off your phone. Started going out. Yeah, that's a little extreme, and um, give me your phone. And that's kind of how I figure Marion's punching above his weight class because he put up with that. <laughs> like, you're not gonna make me turn off my phone on the first date. Like, you're lucky I'm buying you food <laughs> with this my last <laughs> ten dollars <laughs> that I got from Vic. <laughs> so Which this apparently is buying us all you can eat burgers and fries. Yeah. Like we just sitting here, just like, or maybe it was the same burger and fries, and they just got ate them slow, <laughs> one at a time. The service like, um, <laughs> are y'all gonna order something else? Like you're you're taking up my table. I could have had like four or five <laughs> couples by now. You guys are ruining my tips. Yeah, and you know with that ten dollars, they didn't tip. No, <laughs> tip with what? They didn't tip, which kind of makes you wonder. You were in all these drugs, and you ain't got nothing to show for it. Mm-mm-mm. Well, he had fifteen hundred dollars. He's like, well, then, you know, I had to hit up the mall. You know I had to hit up the mall. You know that 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 weird Weasley thing that Omarion does. <laughs> you know, I had to hit up the mall. Oh man. Um. Okay. So, um. Uh, Elgin had to do the the Emerald Run by himself, yeah. and he gets jumped and robbed by three guys. Like, yeah. yeah. So even if Omarion was there, they probably still would have gotten robbed. Exactly. <laughs> Except they would have been together. <laughs> <laughs> then y'all could both hey, go back to Emerald. You. Was it my fault? <laughs> I just want to say. just sidestep an unfortunate situation. Yeah, three dudes. So when I saw that, I was like, yeah, that, bro. Even if he's there, even if Dave is there, y'all are still getting robbed. Like, y'all might get the drop on, like, for a little bit, but when that third dude shows up, it's over. Um, So, uh, Elgin's in the hospital. Um, all Everyone else comes. Like, I'm, Okay, what didn't make sense here is, <clears throat> okay, his leg's in a brace, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, did, did he have surgery? I don't know. So that's my next pick. Or... He seemed like he was up in he was up on that leg. As, as, it felt like in two days. He had a really good sprain. He got up like on his own power and probably yeah. like he since they didn't like show they they shot him from the waist up. Mm-hmm. You didn't see that he was just standing. Uh, he was just holding the crutches and just standing on both of yeah. his feet. <laughs> it felt weird. I was he's like, like I'm at, and when he leaves, like he's he's just walking. He but he doesn't know how to walk with crutches, <laughs> so he's just walking normally and holding the crutches. <laughs> yeah, that that kind of bothered me. Like I'll never dance again. Like two days later, he's like, <laughs> literally two days later, <laughs> this is like, okay, so was this a knee sprain? Yeah, them stem cells, man, <laughs> <laughs> or what? Um, that Kobe, that Kobe treatment. This is- this is just an elaborate Black Mirror episode where <laughs> medical, medical technology has advanced so much <laughs> that, that he was able to break his leg and bounce back to dance the, in the dance yeah, competition. Because the big bounce days. couldn't have been, had to be, it was less than a month. So I've seen professional athletes be out longer than that for because that type of injury. I, it had to be a, a sprain or something because when he sit, he's just sitting in the living room and then Leah comes in and... He's sitting up normally, yeah. like you normally sit in a chair. Like, aren't you supposed to have your leg like elevated yeah. or something? Like he's just sitting there, like you normally sitting down. Continuity. <laughs> <laughs> Christos was like, "That's just a minor detail." So I'm like, "How messed up is his leg?" <laughs> 
they were like, so in the script, Chris, right here, you know, we're, we're reading over this, and it says here that, you know, he's in a cast. Yeah, he's in a cast. And then just two days later, though, he's sitting up by himself and walking around. Yeah. That, that doesn't make sense, Chris. Ah, minor details, man. No one's going to pay attention to that. <laughs> um, he's got to be walking again. He's got to dance. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, up to this point, Brandon, did you have any other notes? Uh, that before they left, of course, naturally, he was upset with Omarion's character. He was like, oh, you see my sister? And she's like, oh, no, it's not like that. We came to see you. Go home and stop acting like a hoe. Is what he said. Yeah. yeah, that was that was extreme. That probably doesn't get said but, today. <laughs> but also after that, like, where <laughs> where um all the other guys are like, yeah, man, you always doing like you always uh, leave out your boys over some girl. He's like, no, I don't do that. He's like, you did. And then the one dude's like, you did that with the triplets, Latisha, Latasha, Latoya. You did that with. What's your name? Like he just like name all, <laughs> like, all these girls. girls. Like, damn! Like y'all just y'all just so. <laughs> like, yeah. Why are you so terrible to your friends? Friend, exactly. <laughs> Makes you like a terrible person. Damn, Marion, what are you doing, David? <laughs> um. Uh, what? Who is calling up here? I'm not answering that. Um. Okay, so when they're. Uh, it's a little later, and they're rehearsing and everything, uh, putting their own crews together or whatever. Well, who are these unsafe little dudes that little Saint was running with? Like he's like eight or nine years old. Who are these unsafe hey, dudes? They're, they're Emerald Runners in training. That's what they are. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's his gang, his crew. Mm-hmm. Because like, they can't dance like y'all. They shouldn't be dancing at all, man. Go go to school. <laughs> go to school, man. Get your education so you don't have to dance. Um. Yeah, uh, Elgin is a trash older brother. Uh, because he. Oh, this is when they were in the diner, mm-hmm. and Leah came to see David at the diner, and then Elgin comes in, and then I don't know if he like grabbed her by the hair or he mushed her in the face, but it was something that was like, okay, that's that's too much. Yeah, especially for your supposed to be your sister. <laughs> Like, if you gra- if you just had to grab an arm, if you're going to be aggressive, yeah. grab an arm. That's as far as you need to go. <laughs> but he was like, he like he would throw a punch. <laughs> I mean, he's finna be me. Yeah, he's finna be me. This yes. was 2004, and Chris Stokes wrote this. Yeah. So maybe for that scene, continuity. It's like they ain't brother and sister no more. <laughs> Not in this scene. <laughs> it's like, oh. They didn't tell him until much later that it's like you had to remind him they're brother and sister. It's like, oh, I'm sorry, man. Ah, minor detail. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that'll just blow over. Well, God, all these minor details, Mr. Stokes. So when uh, that, so after that scene uh, is, as every dancing movie, there's a montage. <laughs> Got to uh, to the to the music of the Black Eyed Peas featuring yeah. Papa Roach. Yeah. Yes. It's like, oh, what wow, that was, that was on Elephant. Yep, that yeah. was sign of the times. <laughs> sign of the times. Um. So yeah. Uh. So they have the montage of them doing their own thing as far as dancing and putting their crews together. So I Jamarian's did not. Character himself finds another warehouse. 
Yeah. <laughs> Danton. Well, no, that was uh, well. One of, part of it was then Mr. Rad's warehouse. You know, because those warehouses Street are not cheap. Rent is not cheap in that area. Um. So yeah, I think they were both practicing just at different times in Mr. Rad's warehouse, mm-hmm. and then that what other that other space was. Um, I didn't realize how unnecessary the dancing in the rain part was. Wouldn't it be? <laughs> I don't care. This is how it happened, Bruh, I'll they tell you, both, they were both there at the same time and didn't know it. <laughs> they were on opposite sides of the building. <laughs> opposite sides of the building, dancing outside in the rain. I'm telling you, I the last time I watched this, when I watched it a few weeks ago, I was like, a lot of girls became women off of this scene. <laughs> like, oh my, he's he's wet in the in the rain. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, I would I would ask you this, uh, Brandon. Have you seen the movie Boomerang? Yes. Okay. Which scene is more uh, unnecessary? This dancing in the rain scene. Or the scene where Eddie Murphy is sitting in front of the his eight televisions in his office. <laughs> oh, definitely. Where you see the sky. Dancing in the rain scene. And the only reason <laughs> I say the dancing in the rain scene is because they're clearly there at the same time. And just <laughs> just not acknowledging each other. <laughs> what if, it would be funny if they were on the same side of the building, but they were just like 100 feet away from each other. <laughs> dancing so hard, just like... Punching the rain. Take that, David. <laughs> I'm gonna win. My sister. <laughs> <laughs> um, nobody hurts my sister but me. Like, <laughs> 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 what kind of felt like, bro? Okay, so when they get to the uh, the big bounce, and well, that yeah, the big bounce had, had they found out about it, so they're putting their their stuff together. Um, so Mr. Rad shows up and he's talking to Leah saying that, oh, well, well, we missed this part because this, I, I wanted to get to the part that, that it was the clip that you put up on Facebook, Brandon, yeah. where, uh, Elgin, <laughs> like Emerald shows up in the Escalade and one of his goons jumps out and like, chases yeah, down Elgin throws him in the Escalade. He loses his glasses and everything. <laughs> So like no one saw it. So <laughs> sadly, no this is hilarious. Thing is like he almost got away. Yeah, <laughs> but then had to remember. Oh no, we're shooting a movie. <laughs> so this is the scene when I was watching this with Josh and Kendra, when he gets in the car and Emerald's talking. And he's breathing so heavy. <laughs> and Josh just goes like, there's no way this guy's still alive. Uh, that is Michael Telefero. Yeah, look it um, up. He was also in uh, The Replacements, if anyone's seen that. Oh, man. Uh, but he passed away in 2006. Two years after the movie. He was like, there's uh, no way this guy's still he alive. Had a, he had a stroke. Yeah, he sounded like he was having one in the, in the yeah. car. He was money. also in Half Past Dead. <laughs> um, he was in he was in Bad Boys. He was in Life. He was uh, the yeah, corn eat your cornbread. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I took a drink yeah. after that. <laughs> I was like, Yeah, he's dead. Let's take a drink for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, yeah, he he did play in the NFL. He used to play for Washington. 
And oh, he so he was, USFL. So oh, yeah. he was convincing in that movie. Yeah. Um. So, uh, <laughs> with that scene, um, yeah. What would what be the funny though is if, um, if Elgin's leg still hurt, what if he just started going like sprinting full speed? <laughs> Small details, man. Small details. <laughs> Um, he had to remember they were shooting. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh, cut, cut, cut. Marcus, man, your leg's supposed to be injured, man. You're you running too take fast. Off on him. <laughs> I cannot run this guy, though. It doesn't matter. Your character. <laughs> your character has a torn ACL. <laughs> your character can outrun him, and that's what matters. <laughs> they keep talking about continuity, man. That's I'm trying that with, right now. We're trying continuity, man. We're going to see if we can make it work. <laughs> We're going to try this new thing. <laughs> this new thing called continuity. Um, I audited the class at USC. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, there were to just uh, bring it to uh, Mr. Rad coming to the big bounce and talking to Leah um, mm-hmm. about, about Emerald. And then because we met Mr. Chuck earlier, um, was he the one with the gun at the uh um, yeah, yeah. At the, yeah. It was an off duty the off duty cop yeah with a gun it's like oh he's going to shoot someone over this dance battle like is that what he's Steve- going to shoot a child <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that's what mr yes. rad was 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 saying like he will shoot you okay that's what's up all right he will shoot me okay um but the way that mr rad described why david and elgin don't have to worry about mm-hmm. emerald anymore I don't know if this was your theory, but Mr. Rad had Emerald taken out. You think say, so? He totally killed her. <laughs> oh, God. He killed, <laughs> he totally he killed him. The dark <laughs> side of Mr. Rad. It's like he had a change of heart. Like, no, you shot him in the heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you had you had Mr. Chuck shoot him in the heart. Now Mr. <laughs> Chuck is on your payroll. Oh, God. <laughs> Mr. Rad stands for murder. Like, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's like my guns are bigger than yours. Like I just, we had a heart to heart. The sad truth about this movie is that once this movie ended in that universe, they now owe Mr. Rad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that is sad. He's like, now you work for me. You want to keep now dancing in this warehouse? Me. You take these backpacks to where I take. Them. We're gonna take you. <laughs> We're going to Washington. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna dance in Washington. I think so. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that would be in the You Got Served sequel that we were robbed of. Someone call up Chris Stokes. Get on this. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I think, yeah, Mr. Rat had Emerald killed. Um, so, uh, Lil Saint is missing from this scene. Um, what was what was the guy's name? Rico says he hadn't seen him all day. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, like... Little Saint seems to follow Rico everywhere he goes, even shadow. if it was to the bathroom in the shower. <laughs> Don't y'all live together? <laughs> Blood couldn't make us any closer. It should. Like, you look close to this little boy. Like one thing I didn't like, I didn't. That was weird about that scene. Just like with what what injury did Elgin actually have? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is this doctor so neatly dressed? Like, I'm, if he just worked in a gunshot victim, he should, he should be in be scrubs dirty. with at least a little bit of blood on it. And it wasn't just 
any old doctor. It was Professor, Professor Ogilvy. Ogilvy. Yeah. Yes. Oh, <laughs> Professor Ogilvy. No, that, what's funny is he probably like, you know, first of all, continuity. Yeah. That's like the theme of this of this movie here. Um, I just choose to think that maybe he washed up <laughs> because he was like, yeah, bro, we ain't saving this kid. Um, you're not going you're not going to wash up did. and put back on a suit. <laughs> He did say it was hours ago. He washed up. He was like, "Oh, that kid. Oh, he's. I mean, he's. Uh, that, that, yeah. <laughs> he, oh man. He may have given. He may have given them false information or something. Yeah. Because if he was a doctor mm-hmm. and he worked on a gunshot victim, he, he's a surgeon then, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a surgeon. Why is he not in scrubs? Unless he's the chief of surgery, like on Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> Maybe he scrubbed it out. It didn't make sense. Like. Why couldn't y'all just give him scrub? It's cheaper than this suit, that yeah. he, this shirt and tie that he got on right now with a stethoscope. Oh, that means doctor. Yep. That... <laughs> I used to I used to get my mom's stethoscope and talking to those things. It was like a microphone to me. He was, he was like, I'm not looking good for this kid. Yeah, no, we're not. I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> He's not going to leave. He don't make it. <laughs> and apparently his parents just came in. Um, his, his parents knew, like, he, they knew, this happened hours ago. Yeah. Um. If Rico was, you know, the big brother, the parents didn't call him or or anything. They didn't tell <laughs> him anything. Didn't know about him. Like, you one of them gangbangers. You got him shot. Like, no, I'm only in a dance crew. <laughs> That's just as bad. That's just as bad. <laughs> bad. Lil' Saint wants to be you, and now he can't. He'll never be you because he's dead. Because <laughs> he's dead. And I think Rico tried to halfway say later on, like the next scene, that if – um, if you had let it's it's something like if you let Lil Saint be in the crew in the first place, mm-hmm. then he wouldn't have been out there with those other eight or nine year old gangsters and gotten shot, running drugs for Mister Rad. <laughs> <laughs> but my theory, I, I still think that um, yeah, Sunny Sunny shot Lil Saint. That'd be really sad. If Sunny he did. shot him. <laughs> Little did he know he would inspire them to come together and rename their team the Little Saints. Attack his heart. Yeah. Um, that was like uh that was like when Loki killed uh Agent Colson, man. That made them the Avengers. <laughs> spoiler alert for what that's a seven year old spoiler alert. <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now, whatever. Yeah, that made that was the thing that made them the Avengers, man. They were like, "We got to put this pettiness behind us, man. We got to come together." It. He's fine. Colson is fine. Yeah, I mean now <laughs> he is. Yeah, they, but nobody knows it. But yeah. he's fine. <laughs> so that made oh, then that's another theory. Then Little Saint didn't really die. They just had to make it look like he died to bring them together to form the Little Saints. The Little Saints. I have I have a thing with that one as well. Um, Rome kidnapped him. They <laughs> <laughs> made him watch the big bounce <laughs> on repeat for years. <laughs> so, um, this was that was after day one of the big bounce. So, Elgin's team makes it to the finals. David's team was. Uh, somebody like out, somebody tripped or fell or yeah, hurt their ankle, something. And then like the rest of the team just kept going, mm-hmm. like nothing happened. Yeah, that David's <laughs> team, David's team was really bad. Yeah, like I remember thinking, say, like, all right, so was Elgin like the the talent here? Because like David's crew looks like they've never danced. Like Ever. they they were they were falling. It was just like. <laughs> 
It's like, oh, I'm going to do this twist. Oh, God, I fell. Like, it, it was kind of embarrassing. And it made me think that, you know, um, David was being carried by Elgin. Possibly. Yeah. Um, also had that. Um, okay, so the the second day where it's the finals and everyone got their free Adidas jumpsuits. Uh, Matching Adidas jumpsuits. <laughs> everyone. <laughs> um, so Elgin went to check in his team and give a, give the person a, their team name. How did you know that you made the finals if you didn't have a team name <laughs> before? Small like, what details. was the team Small name before? Details, Greg. So it was, Small like, details. How did you know you made it? Um, Chris Stokes couldn't even answer that question, Greg. Right? Chris Stokes told them. And then, like, <laughs> um, and then, like, uh, all the teams they had their names, but so it was like. Um, he started off with Wade's crew, and then it was like Bug B and his boys. Like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> and then there was like a group of girls. I can't remember what they were called. Trash. They, they but were they big. they had a team name though. They had a team name. <laughs> the dance sets. I, and I then there was a then there was another team. They had a team name, and then Elgin's team is called the Little Saints. Wade's crew is just called Wade's crew. Yeah. <laughs> like So you don't forget who they are. <laughs> it reminds me of uh y'all familiar with John Mullaney. Yes. He had a bit where he talked about when he was in in school, there were um there was an advanced math class. Or just, like in the math class that had the kids who were advanced, they were in one group, and the kids who were kind of whatever at their level, uh, in their second group. It's like, okay, the first group um uh what's the name of your group gonna be? And they said, uh, we're gonna be the Blue Angels, like the Flying Jets. <laughs> like, okay, the Blue Angels. All right. All right, group two, what's the name of your group? Group two. <laughs> <laughs> so Wade's crew. <laughs> so that's what I thought, like, Wade's crew is group two. <laughs> It's like why? Because we're 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 Wade's crew. Y'all don't have a creative name? No. <laughs> well, which one is Wade? Which one is Wade? <clears throat> Me. <laughs> <This is. laughs> well, what are your names? Crew. crew. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, oh I did. I did write that. Uh. Lil Wade had to be written for Wade Robson, and then Stokes just got too lazy to change the name. <laughs> yeah, I, I I definitely think that would have been the case. Um, any before the last battle, did you have any notes before that, uh, Brandon? Before the last battle started, before I had... well, one the big bounce, it, it like it shows a sign of the time because the big bounce was hosted by the one and only newcomer to the scene, Lala. <laughs> oh yeah, who wore the same thing on both days? Yeah, what she wore the same thing. Two, the, we there was no uh, difference between like filming the movie mm -hmm. and Lala being on MTV. It was like no difference. Like y'all couldn't put like an MTV logo in the corner to make it look like this is on TV. I think I it paid just for that. looked like Lala talking to the camera. 
Then like, Lala sit in front of all these white kids. And <laughs> <laughs> no, ba- if they did that, then the movie would have been nine million dollars instead of eight. <laughs> and they didn't have that extra million. <laughs> <laughs> they did not. Um, the way that it was announced that it was a tie and these groups are going to battle mm-hmm. was so clunky. Yeah. Because okay, like, Wade's no. like, all right, and the winner is like. Uh, Okay, hold up. Uh, y'all, y'all really gonna do like? Because they, they didn't then, write it. <laughs> they, they, no they, lines. Yeah, there had to be no. There was no script for this, because he goes back to judges' tables like, "You're gonna make this tie." Like, no, and then Lil this. Kim just comes and takes the microphone. Yeah, <laughs> straight hood. <laughs> you can't do this to these boys. This is about more and than just Mr. money. Mr. Rad like put comes in, yeah. swoops in, like gives his advice, which is how you know like, that he's a powerful man. Yeah, no one stopped him. Security he, was like, yeah. no, that's Mr. You want that's a bullet Mr. in your that's heart? Mr. Rad. <laughs> that's Mr. Rad. Your heart? Yeah, you want a bullet in your heart, bro? He just killed Mr. He just killed Emerald. Who the hell are you? You mean the heavy breathing <laughs> dude that ran drugs with, with kids? Yeah, that Emerald. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's Emerald now. <laughs> yeah, he just ran down there. He's like, you can't do that to these boys. That will break their heart. This is about more than just money, which it did not seem like this is about more than just money. It seemed to be all, all about money. <laughs> Mr. Rad was a little off there. Territory. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And then it was messed up. He just, like, straight, make it straight hood. Like, where were the big bounce bylines, bylaws? Like, what did they say about this, huh? (laughs) Like, not too hood. Yeah. It's like Section 2, Article 3 of the big bounce bylaws. Is that a a scoring mark? Like, all right, I give them uh, an 8 for creativity, uh, (laughs) Nine for execution, uh, seven for hoodness. Yeah. Seven for hoodness. <laughs> they just start calling people out of the crowd. Like, yeah, you, you. <laughs> oh, the dude who's talking about uh, when they're asked, like, hey, can you get Oscar? Can you get Oscar? Yeah. And by the end, like, we did not care about Oscar. Yeah, he was just he was a break dancer. <laughs> but he was just some dude. Yeah. And you, like, this is like, it should have been a, a, some celebrity, yeah. somebody we know who can dance. To be Oscar, Oscar comes in like, who the hell is this? Yeah. Oh, that's Oscar. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. You waited for him. <laughs> that's Oscar, I guess. They could have got. I'm trying to think <laughs> what they could have gotten. Like maybe, um, because they had already. I did. I can't think of any know, other guest stars. It should have been somebody like Usher. Oh, that could have been Usher cool. would have been perfect. Then it would have been nine million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Ten million dollars. They couldn't. They couldn't afford. It. It's like, hey man, you think Usher could do a guest in this? Like, not for cheap. <laughs> He's you know going he had to come and do it for Little Saint. Because <laughs> then, when did he do lit light it up? He was getting lighted up money. He wasn't gonna come. <laughs> I think that was like a year, like a couple of years before. He was like, yeah, man, you you're not gonna get Usher, man. He's he's a hot thing in Hollywood right now. He's doing light it up. He's, he's doing, doing the faculty. The faculty. What was that other uh, movie? Uh, where he was the DJ. The, no, yeah, he's the DJ slash bodyguard. Yeah. It's like, yeah, man, you're not gonna get him. Light <laughs> it up was 1999. Okay. Oh, he was well. He was a big yeah. star by then. Yeah. It was just like they couldn't afford him. He's like, man, have they seen Light It Up? Do they know? <laughs> it's like, do they know what I've done? It's like, we want you to do this film. Uh, you got served. And he just threw down the script. You got served. served. I did light it up. Who's who is in this movie? <laughs> Um, the guys immature, immature, immature. The guys that changed into IMX pass. I don't need to know who else is in it. <laughs> I don't need to know. I don't want to do. I don't want to share screen time with 
Romeo, LDB, and Batman. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. I can just imagine. He's like, do you know how much better my album did than Immature? <laughs> Light It Up was number five at the box office. <laughs> oh, God. And then, and then, like, uh, you got served opened at number one. And it's just like that scene in the Temptations movie where Johnny May sees them perform with an American bandstand. And she's just like, damn it. <laughs> that's, that's him sitting at a bar. It's like, damn it. Should have took that role. I need to call Jermaine Dupree. <laughs> Christos is like, yeah, turn me down for you guys, serve. I'm going to ruin your career. <laughs> I'm going to do stuff with you that you won't like. <laughs> Let me stop. That got a little too uh <laughs> um, well, in that case, if if it would have been another million dollars to get Usher for those few minutes, do you think a million of this eight million that was spent was spent on Little Kim? I wonder how much she got for this. I'm I'm gonna say she at least got a quarter to a half a million dollars at least, because she was Little Kim and she was hot at the time. So not yeah. bad to say just be in there for like ten minutes and say how much she wants things to be street in street hood mm-hmm. <laughs> um uh looking at a couple of uh things about the film uh, it was nominated for two mtv awards one for best bake breakthrough male performance for omarion <laughs> <laughs> man uh and best dance sequence um Omarion and Marcus Houston. I, I, this is for the the final big bounce scene, so it would have been just those two to get the award, not not anybody else in B two K. There was I wanted to I was looking for the reviews. Here we go. Um, look for a couple of short ones here. Uh, Mister Mister Vi, this is these are all from IMDb. Uh, gives it a one out of ten, <laughs> <laughs> and he says, "Wow, this is monumentally bad." He says, "I think the screenplay was written by a couple of junior high students whose lone experience in life has come from watching MTV." Actually, it is close to being funny, but right before you're about to laugh at how dumb it is, you are more repulsed by how bad it is. Then there is the acting or lack thereof. I just love the way all of the performers pose in front for the camera. They look so moronic. I guess what you want to know is this film so bad that it is good? No, it is so bad that it is horrible. <laughs> um, let's see if there's another short well, it, one here. At least that final dance battle has what is also another sign of the times. Uh, one of the greatest and most important rap records to ever come out of the early 2000s, and that is Joe Button's Pump It Up. Yes. Oh, yeah, that was the final dance battle yeah. music. One Ooh. day that song is going to become public domain, and they're going to sing that around campfire. <laughs> <laughs> um, I um, I still contend uh, Joe Button is a one-hit wonder. That was his crowning achievement. Don't that tell is, it to his uh, fans. They will fight you. <laughs> I mean, I would. I feel I would, like he would say it. <laughs> I don't think he would. I mean, he he says that he is a better rapper than Eminem. Huh? Didn't he say that? I hope not. 
He, yep, he did say it. <laughs> yeah, because he just said that all Eminem does is put his rhyme words together. He doesn't really, he doesn't really have bars. What else is what is rap though? Like this. That's like yeah, saying, like, that quarterback, all he does is throw touchdowns. All he does, like is, throw, all he does is yell aggressive puns <laughs> rhythmically. All he does is throw touchdowns and win games. Win games. He's not a – Tom Brady's not a good quarterback. All he does is win Super Bowls. Like All he does is wear <laughs> the rings that he won. <laughs> he oh, I was, we're trying to look up pictures of the, um, of the film. I was seeing, like – like, it's called You Got Served in America. Mm-hmm. But in um, – I think in Germany it was called like street style, <laughs> and in um, they changed in Russia it was called like street dancers, <laughs> like it had different they, titles. Do you think they changed? Do you think they like changed like the uh, the line where it's like tonight you suckers just got served to tonight. We were just street dancers or something. <laughs> street dancers. Street, street styled. Dancers. Street, street dancers. Street, street dancers. <laughs> I feel like in Germany they probably had to change it. It was probably something like um, black folks dancing or something. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's funny. Street style. Because like, oh, yeah, we're here to promote you got served. No, no, no. We're in Germany tonight. Oh, sorry. We're here to promote street style. Yeah. That's yeah. It's offensive to the prime minister. <laughs> um, so uh, some trivia here. Uh, Wade and Max were originally one character. Hmm. So they made it two. There was just too much awesomeness <laughs> to contain. For one man to handle. Yes. Um, it took the dancers two weeks to learn the opening sequence. See, that's why the... We don't practice. We just do it. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, it does not. How do you know what song's going to play? Mm-hmm. And how do you know what order everyone's going to go dance? Um, uh, Le- Leah was maybe written with a Leah in mind. Mm. I could see that because she was she had just done. Um... A few years before that, Romeo got served. Not Romeo must die. <laughs> Starring Sonny. Let's make it. Yeah, we gotta make that. That could be the sequel. Romeo got served. Romeo got served. You oh, got God. served too, Romeo. <laughs> I'm sorry, Romeo, Sonny's but you gonna have to get served. Which only makes sense if you've seen Romeo Must Die, because he says that. I'm sorry, Romeo, but you gonna have to die. Ah, you got served too. Sonny must die. Ooh. And then they find out that he's the one who, who killed Lil Saint. Killed Lil Saint. Yeah. Then it becomes an action movie with very <laughs> dance styled um, fights. Mm. I'd watch they that. They all learn capoeira. I, I'd, I'd totally watch that. <laughs> um, Lil Fizz, because all B2K is in the film, he played his character's name is Rashawn, <clears throat> but he is never addressed by name when he's on screen. <laughs> and David answers a phone call. Hey, what's up, Rashawn? But it's not specified who that actually is. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think that was a last minute addition. That's um, funny. Like, oh damn! There's somebody else in the group. Um, <laughs> shit! They just let Marion get all the screen time. That's funny. Um, and uh, actually, B2K uh, broke up shortly after this. 
I think we know why. That's probably we saw the movie. We know why. <laughs> they saw where it was going. Yeah, I guess what. Uh, well, Marion recording touch on the tour bus. Well, Mar yeah, Marion was there. Gwen Stefani, and they were like, "That's not cool." The movie was the final straw. Like, why does he get the lead, huh? Did he give it up more than I did, huh? Is that what he? <laughs> I can do Ew. it. <laughs> I can. I can do it. I can be your best. I can... <laughs> no, it, it wasn't like that. Uh, someone that uh, had this said during the big bounce, uh, during the final, Lil Kim says the music will play for five minutes, and when she says stop, that's the end. But the music just fades out. <laughs> stop. She never says stop. <laughs> um. So. Uh, that's how they did it in the street. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to ask this. Um. Did um, is there a lasting legacy for this film? Because I read a story on Billboard that uh, that had uh, it was the ten year anniversary of the film, so this was twenty fourteen. But basically, it seemed like Omarion and Marcus Houston uh, see that it was uh, Marcus Houston said he watches it every time it comes on TV. When when does it come on TV? <laughs> Oh, it probably comes on BET a lot. Oh, it probably oh, comes BET. on Bounce TV a lot. Oh, <laughs> big bounce on Bounce TV. On Bounce TV. But uh, the article suggests that the film, even though there was Bring It On and Save the Last Dance and Break Stomp It. Stomp the Yard. And <laughs> but it inspired Stomp the Yard. It inspired Stomp and, the Yard and, and didn't, like... Things like America's Best Dance Crew. Yeah, and the Step that. Up series. Mm. And America's Best Dance Crew. I mean, maybe. I mean, I imagine it was them seeing this like, we can do better. <laughs> it's like seven Step Ups. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine it was like, just get better actors. Like, this was, it was a movie made with bad actors. It was poorly written. And they're like, we could do better. Movie made for $8 million. Grosses $48 million. So you make your you make back your money and then some. I imagine so. People are probably like, yeah, if we can just imagine what we could do if we got real actors <laughs> and an actual good script, you know. So yeah, I never thought about that. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, <clears throat> also, uh, also, what it got me thinking of is um, there was an interview where. Bow Wow said that whenever a script calls for a young black male, mm -hmm. the script comes to him first. Like he gets all of these scripts. I wonder, did he get the script for You Got Served? I that'd be interesting to know. It would have been hilarious if he was supposed to be a little saint. That or Sonny. He was trying to be a little saint. They're like, just a little too old, but. Would you like to be Sunny? <laughs> like, hell no, I'll be Sunny. No, I don't want to be him. I want to be no, David. Mm, no, you can't be David. It's like, can I do the movie? Can I be the? Can I play David? But I don't have to dance. <laughs> how about how about I be Mr. Rad? <laughs> like, no, we already have Steve Harvey. I'll be Lil Rad. <laughs> I'm Steve funny. Harvey's all the rage right now. I'm funny. <laughs> so I have this question. Uh, there's a podcast listener where they, they always ask this question. Who won the movie? <laughs> <laughs> Who ultimately won 
Mr. Rad. Mr. Rad. <laughs> Mr. Rad. <laughs> Mr. Rad won the movie. Now you know who, how powerful I really am. <laughs> oh, there's God. A, there's an after credit scene where <laughs> there's an after credit scene where someone brings him a large case of money of him betting on them. He's like, I knew they'd bring it together. <laughs> now we take over Japan or something. <laughs> I Wait, knew is, that, is that for real? No, he's I didn't making this up. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it to be. I bet if we had enough money, we could probably pay Steve Harvey to do it. <laughs> now we take Japan. Oh man, so you got served? You got served Tokyo Drift? Like I'm <laughs> You got served to Tokyo Drift. Now I done told these boys that we coming over here to dance. Over here to dance. <laughs> In the first scene, it's a Japanese crew. Facing off. It's a, it's a Jap- obviously Japanese crew when one guy jumps out in the mask and he reveals himself to be Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> Not this time. You guys won't take this away from me. I want this. Get get Bruckheimer on the phone. <laughs> We've got to make this movie. I could totally see that happening. I I mean, this is the long this is a long line of movies that I would like a sequel to. One of them, of course, I think I'll express to you, Greg. The um, uh, uh, remember the Titans two down in the Delta. I would like that to be made. But yes, you got served too. Um, even if you don't call it Tokyo Drift, like you know, you got served too. The battle for Tokyo, or the battle for Japan. I think that got, that has to. Who's the who's the? Do we make it with beat? Well, no, they're Korean. So we go to, we go to Korea then. That's what we do. We go to Korea and get BTS in there and make them to be the catalyst for you know the K-pop boy band. Yes, and they're out there serving people. Yep. <laughs> and the, you know they they just been stealing all the black people's moves from America <laughs> for years and years. This is for. This is to save. This is to um to break down the wall that divides them and North Korea. That's what this movie is about. Then it becomes the Rocky Four of you get served. <laughs> Until like they're they're over in North Korea dancing, and they start chanting their names. B T S. They pull them aside. They cheer for them. Do you hear? <laughs> Turn my music on. <laughs> then there's got to be a scene like where one of the kids, you know, at the end of the, of course, and I'm just, I'm ripping off Rocky Four here. He's like, when I came here, and someone translates, <laughs> you felt a way about me. And I guess I kind of felt a way about you. <laughs> and then, then the leader of, of BTS's group, and then Anna Marion, they like, they walk into an empty, an empty ring together or something <laughs> where they're going to have one last battle. <laughs> and he's like, and then the guy from BTS is like, I got a special friend to judge this battle. <laughs> and it's a little saint. <laughs> and it just fades to black. <laughs> oh man. Oh God. So this is the, the, um, the it SCU, the served. It was me all along. Yeah, this is the SCU, the uh, Serve Cinematic Universe. <laughs> the hilarious thing is Mr. Rad reports the little saint. <laughs> <laughs> we got to make this happen. Somehow we have to make this happen. No, Mr. Rad just explains the whole thing. <laughs> See, I had to get them out of the country. <laughs> it just starts with they just this, Oh, out. yes. Yeah. Like, why'd you do this, Mr. Rad? He has my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I, I really want this movie to happen really bad. 
Just Rocky, make Rocky Four, you know, with dancing. Yes, let's do that. They're gonna tear down the walls. Even Kim, which one is now Kim Jong Un? <laughs> He'll be sitting up there, or a caricature of him. He was like, "You have won over my heart with your dancing. <laughs> I will free my people." <sighs> and for that, we'll let you leave. <laughs> oh um, man, yeah, we're gonna make this happen. <laughs> so. um Let's leave it on a high note. Let's uh, that'll be the end of our discussion on you got served. <laughs> the people of Korea get freed. Yes, <laughs> the greatest cinematic <laughs> achievement that could be made even greater. Um, For your consideration, <laughs> <laughs> Oscar voters. <laughs> so let's get to my earworm of the week. Uh, I don't know if I said this on the last podcast, on the last episode, um, <laughs> or maybe I just mentioned it to you, Ben. But uh, Spotify now has Peter Gabriel's entire catalog. Oh, nice. Um, they had an interesting interview with him on that podcast about going to see um, Otis Redding mm. and it being one of the best shows he'd ever been to. He's like, I was probably one of three white faces in the audience. He's like, still my favorite gig ever. Uh, it also reminds me of, uh, well, Peter Gabriel was formerly in Genesis, mm-hmm. but he was too weird for them. <laughs> Um, but I had watched the new edition story again (laughs) recently and I didn't didn't remember this scene but where uh, Ralph had been making the Living in a Dream album and he was playing it for everybody we can be like Phil Collins in the Genesis no we don't be like Phil Collins in the Genesis (laughs) you don't even play drums oh god (laughs) Phil Collins in the Genesis um yeah, that should be a band. So it should start that band. Phil Collins and the Genesis. You don't even play drums. <laughs> yes. That's the name of the first album. You don't <laughs> <play> <laughs> drums. Um But this song by Peter Gabriel, it's one of it's not the 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 best known single, mm-hmm. but all of his videos are uh, well, the one for Sledgehammer and Big Time mm-hmm. were uh, iconic, um, and the the one I'm going to play here it's called <laughs> Steam. It's also in the vein of those videos, <laughs> just <laughs> a lot of different images. There's a lot happening, and it's almost an acid trip. Um, Wait for Genesis, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is uh, Steam by Peter Gabriel, and we'll be right back.
All right, that is Steam by Peter Gabriel. Um, you can find that on our BTT YHC Earworms playlist right now. Yeah, I'm going to take advantage of that and start <clears throat> listening to more of his, his, um, his discography because, I mean, I like what I've heard from him, and I'd be curious to hear some more, including some of his later stuff because I feel like he was a little more pop in the eighties and then like his stuff that he did. Well in once like he once he got years. kicked out of Genesis, he was still very weird. Yeah. But then um with the album So, which had Sledgehammer yeah. big time, that's when he went pop. That's when he went pop and that's where that's where he that's where he blew but he had been doing music for like twenty years or yeah. something by that time. Yeah, he did a really good cover of My Body is a Cage. Um mm-hmm. The a track by Arcade Fire, he did a cover of it. It was in John um, Carter. It's really really good. Um, but he was he, he was has getting a, um, he was getting he has a covers time. album, I believe. It might have been from that album, but back then it, he goes he was not on Spotify, so I could not listen to it. <laughs> yeah, but he has this he like hearing him talk though he had this appreciation for Black American music that, as I've often said on this podcast, and appreciation that to this day. The British have for black soul music, blues music, all that stuff that we as Americans will never, will never reach the level of appreciation they have. If you don't believe me, go do your research. Like they have a higher level of appreciation for it. Yeah, that was that was from a, that was a covers album. Um, he did a cover of Heroes. He the, did a cover uh, of uh, David Bowie song. Yeah, nice, nice. He did a cover of Philadelphia, which was. The Neil Young song from the movie Philadelphia. Yeah, okay. And he did a cover of um, the Book of Love, which was his version was used for the um, finale of Scrubs. And then Scrubs did an extra medical school season, but the last uh, episode of Scrubs that people like will recognize. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no one talks about the spinoff. No, <laughs> no one does. Um, I didn't even know there was one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was called uh, Scrubs Medical School or something like that. It was There was, like, new students, but then JD and Turk are the are teaching them. And it's basically the same guys, but with, like, some new interns. Okay. Like, this is, like, nine years later. No one cares about <laughs> this. So, yeah. Well, that will bring us to the end of this particular episode. Um, Do you all feel served? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Brandon, if you if you want to be found, could you tell the people um, how you can be found? I can be found at father underscore. Well, is it? Let, let's check that out. Let's, let's oh yeah, sure. father underscore underscore clef on Instagram or at youtube.com slash beats by hawk, where uh, I try to weekly show what comic books I pick up. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty dope right. segment. Um, and uh, Ben, can you tell the people we can be found? Yes, yes, I can. So, um, first off, we can be found on our Facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. You can also find our website, which I swear I always forget until we come in here and we talk about it that it's not updated. So, um, I got some downtime. Let's <laughs> see what I can do. Um, so, uh, by the time you hear this dot com. Um, if you want to find us on the gram, 
you know, we represent for the gram. You can find us at by the time you hear this. So our um, email address as well as our Instagram page is spelled with the letter U. I got that backwards. Let me, let me reverse that. The website and the Facebook page are spelled with the word U, Y-O-U. The Instagram and the email address at gmail.com is spelled with the letter U because we're urban. Yes, we are. And mm-hmm. underrepresented. Yes. And upstanding. Mm-hmm. But not under investigation. No, we are not. Not, not, not. Um, at least, you know what? At least we don't think we are. Um, hopefully they don't listen to this and like they're urban and they start investigating us. I, I hope not. <laughs> That'd be really bad, but expect it. Get a visit from Mr. Rad. Mr. Rad. <laughs> we definitely so, don't want that. So wow. you figured it out, eh? Watch your backs when you go home, fellas. Mr. Rad is watching. <laughs> I feel like he collects money, but like put the money in the hat. <laughs> but I don't want to put the, put money, the money in the, the hat. hat, or we will have a problem. <laughs> yeah, so um, so if you want to listen to us, of course, as most people listen to podcasts on the go in your long commute, um, avoiding the busker, I learned that word on this podcast from Greg, um, or avoiding you know that pesky coworker that likes to bring up inappropriate work subjects for some reason, but they still have a job because everyone's afraid to tell on them. Um, you can find us on, if you have an iPhone, you can find us on Apple Podcast. If you have an Android device, you can find us on the Google Music app. <clears throat> um, you can also find us on CastBox. You can find us on Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, Play.fm. You can find us on Satchel Podcast Player. You can also find us on Listen Notes. So I can guarantee you there will not be, you, I guarantee you there will not be many people um, if you go on listen notes and search for you got served, not going to find, I can't imagine many people have um, discussed this masterpiece of a movie. Um, so go on there and search for you got served and, and find us and listen to it and, and use that awesome search engine they have. Um, you can also find us on the Fi. If you don't know what the Fi is, that's short for Spotify. All the kids are saying nowadays, man, yeah. you, you got to hip yourself to this game. Um, you can find us on Spotify last 100 episodes only, but you know, but we're there. We're we're on Spotify, bro. Hashtag the Fi. It's all over TikTok. Yeah, TikTok. <laughs> you gotta you gotta you gotta get on there. If you're not, I don't, I don't know. You're not cool enough to listen to us. <laughs> Most certainly not. Yeah. So, um, and of course, any you know aggregate um, application that you know aggregates podcasts, uh, the podcast of the land, you can listen to us. And um, if you feel so in, in, um, in, implored to. We'll say implored. Leave a review, you know, on any service, whatever, wherever you find us, you know, iTunes, Google we, Music. We did. We do have a review. Oh, uh, this was actually left in May because I, I never checked for it. What'd they say? Uh, of course, they left five stars. Oh, um, they're not a hater. <laughs> they said Ben and Greg both have an awesome knowledge of music, which helps them discuss everything from the monthly charts to breaking down their top five favorite songs by particular artists. I'll definitely be coming back for more. Awesome. So shout out to Dead Poolica, <laughs> whoever that is. I'm going to assume they're a Deadpool fan. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for the review. Whoop, whoop. Nice, nice. All right. Well, thank you. We really appreciate that. I wish um, we knew who you were. Yeah, shout but, out to you, Dead Poolica. <laughs> yeah, shout out to you, Dead Poolica. Um, if you're ever in the A, I got a pizza for you or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So um, 
but yeah, that's where you can find us. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Email us. Leave us a review. Um, like Greg said, send us your music. We're not Alan Freed. We will play for free. You know, we, we're not down with that payola crap. Yeah. All right, so that will bring us to the end here. We're going to end the show with um, the great musical masterpiece <laughs> that is Pump It Up by one Joe Budden. The Joe Budden. His one Joe. hit, I still contend, I should stand in the middle of New Jersey and say that as well. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to end the show with that thank you very very much everyone for listening and we'll talk to you very very soon peace peace you